Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Ah, yes. Welcome to the Captain's Run. Not quite Denon and Cam today. It is Cam and Jimmy today uh, filling in for Denon. I think it was a bit of food poisoning, wasn't it, Cam? Oh, he's soft. (laughs) He's gone soft, Jimmy. Kempi, where are you, mate? Can you remind me, uh, what position did he play? Oh, he was on the wing, oh, but that's a bit harsh. It's that's a bit, a bit harsh. That's a cheap shot early doors, <laughs> isn't it? Uh, now, listen, mate, you come. Where are you at the moment? I'm 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 up in the uh, the far north of Queensland at the moment. So it's a uh, it's a very warm day, very different to your day in Sydney, where oh, I've yeah. heard it's pelting down. Yes. Um, no, it's currently uh, it's about 28, 29 degrees at nine o'clock in the morning. So beautiful. Beautiful sunshine up here, God's country, Jimmy. Oh, absolutely. So let me let me get this straight. The Parramatta yes. Reels decided not to go up a few days early to acclimatise, but you did the Channel Nine commentator. Yes, I did. I spoke to Nine. I said, "Listen, if, if you want the best coverage of this prelim final, I need to get up early. Yeah, get amongst the humidity and the heat, and get ready for the for the big game." Um, yeah, just on that, Jimmy, I, I thought it was really strange that uh, Parramatta have decided to, to stay down um, in Sydney till last mi- minute. Yes. They thought they thought the best thing for their preparation was to stay as normal, training at home, and, and not come up into the, the North Queensland sort of conditions and, and get used to it. They, they said it may have drained them if they come up earlier. So it's, it's a hit-and-run mission for the Eels this week. Yeah, it's such an interesting part of that game too. We're going to dig deep into those two prelims very shortly or throughout the course of the three hours. But the the actual one of the factors that you put into that Cowboys v Eels game is what the weather is going to be like, mm. um, which is, yeah, very different, as you say, from here. I think the expected temperature is 30 degrees, but don't worry, it drops to 29 degrees come <laughs> kickoff time. <laughs> with about an eighty-five percent humidity, so um, uh, and then the other thing is, you know, the big forwards of the Parramatta Reels who play long minutes in Sydney, and the impact yep. that might have. So we'll get Cam to jump into all of that over the course of the three hours. Eleven seventy SEN here in Sydney, sixteen twenty SEN on the Gold Coast, uh, six ninety-three SENQ as well. If you want to listen and you're outside of those areas, download the SEN app. Do it at the App Store or the Google Play Store. Uh, and, of course, if you're tuning in belatedly via the podcast, welcome to you guys as well. Subscribe at Apple, Spotify, or where all good podcasts are downloaded. We take calls on this program, right? one 1170 Get us on the text line as well. 0457 736 736. Uh, and get us on the tweets as well at 1170 SEN, 11.70 SEN. So we're going to go through all of that, the the prelim games. We'll have a look back at the couple of semifinals from last week as well. I want to ask Cam about the the big news from an international point of view. Joseph Swalihi has announced that he's going to play for Samoa. Just on that, uh, really classy of a young bloke to ring Mal Meninga to give him the news first, Cam. 
Yeah, absolutely, Jimmy. I think it shows, um, you know, it, it, number one, he's a he's a showed great courage to ring a, a guy of Mel Meninga's um, standing in the game. Of course, you know, not only what he's done as a player, but he is the done some wonderful things as coach of of the Maroons and now the Kangaroos. So um, it, it just shows the quality of of person. And I've yeah. spoken to people quite close to Joseph, and and they always talk about. You know how he's a very mature young man, and and talk about his approach to the game of rugby league, and and how he prepares himself, and all that sort of stuff, and just his background comes from a very, um, very good family. Mm. Um, but big decision, wasn't it? Big decision um, to choose uh, to play uh, for Samoa um, other, rather than the Kangaroos. So um, probably caught a little, uh, a few people by surprise, but. Um, as you said, yeah, it's it's it shows the quality of the young man to ring, to have the courage to ring yeah. a person like Mal Meninga and say, "Listen, Mal, this is my decision. These are the reasons for it. Um, you know, all the very best in the World Cup." Was he in your twenty-four man Australian squad? Absolutely, right. Yeah, I actually had uh, Joseph uh, Suli playing uh, in the starting side. Oh wow! Playing, yep, on the on the starting wing. So um, yeah, big big loss. For the Kangaroos, um, but you know they'll, they'll find another player now to go out there and represent the green and gold jumper with uh, with a lot of pride and, and and play well. We will ask you more about that. You can have your say on that as well. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Dally M Team of the Year will be announced next Wednesday, so uh, we'll have Cam give us his Dally M Team of the Year early doors as well. The big news for this one, though. Cam, I know you've gone up there to acclimatise early. The Eels are going up late. But SEN, together with Maccas, are giving you the chance to fly from Sydney to Townsville to see the Cowboys take on the Eels. It's the SEN Maccas jet. We've got the eight-seater plane. You ever been in an eight-seater plane, Cam? Never. Right. And and we'll never do it. <laughs> <laughs> Unless I was a competition winner that I was flying up for a prelim. Ah, very good point. Mate, I've <laughs> yeah. flown in an eight-seater uh, plane back to Cootamundra a couple of times. Oh, how was it? Terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, absolutely white knuckle the whole way. But Oh, I'd rather drive 20 hours. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> I am with you. Uh, anyway, but this is it's a great prize. The the eight-seater plane. So the eight tickets up there to Queensland Country Bank Stadium for the, the Cowboys versus the Parramatta Eels. We want to know how bad do you want to go. We've got the quiz. Yes. We've got a quiz. And if you are a Parramatta fan, just brush up on your 1986, 2001, and 2009 grand final knowledge. Ooh, okay. That'll help you in that one. So you got to be. Jimmy, can they be Cowboys fans that live in Sydney that want to get back to Townsville? That's a very good question. I would suggest yes. Yes. Uh, absolutely. Okay. Uh, yeah, go. we're not we're not going to discriminate against anyone here, <laughs> even North Queenslanders, right? <laughs> um, so actually, you can be Scottish if you want. If you're Scottish <laughs> and you want to, shout out to Mark, our panel operator here. Um, so it's a domestic flight, Sydney to Brisbane, uh, and then you're Brisbane to Townsville. This is all happening on Friday the twenty third. You're back Saturday, so you. I don't know where they got the one night's accommodation. Did you see there was an article yesterday? The, yes. the only accommodation available was on Magnetic Island, and it was about three and a half thousand dollars a night. Maybe, maybe JT Jonathan Thurston he's given up one of his eight bedrooms <laughs> at his house. That might be it. 
Wow, what a generous offer from <laughs> the the great Jonathan Thurston. That is fantastic. So you're staying at Jonathan Thurston's. This is oh, it's a huge prize. <laughs> this is getting bigger and bigger. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, so we'll do that quiz a little bit later on in the program as well. Um, all right, mate, let's go back before we go forward. Let's go back to the um, games from last week. What did you make of the South Sydney Rabbitohs? Pretty dominant against the Cronulla Sharks. Yeah, they were, and they were riding high off a, a strong victory the previous week, weren't they, against the Roosters? Um, I thought the Sharkies, they just come in a little bit wounded you know, after that big match against the, uh, the Cowboys the previous week. They played 93 minutes. You know, No matter how well you're playing um, or even how fit you are, that's got to take so much energy out of you. And then having to back up against a team, like I said, they come in full of confidence. Yeah. Um, Latrell Mitchell... Um, Cody Walker playing really well. Lachlan Ilias, for me, he's he's just played such good football at the back half of this year. Yeah, like you remember back what was it, about halfway through the season, Jimmy, where he got the hook down in yep. um, Wollongong against the Dragons, and everyone was like, "Oh no, this is going to hurt the young man." But he's bounced back, and um, yeah, that they were just they were just a class above. Unfortunately for the Sharkies, I think they were sort of they were a lot of people's fairy tale this year. Yeah, um, you know, sort of you know. Exceeded a few expectations. Um, Craig Fitzgibbon, of course, he he did a fantastic job with them as as coach and and really transformed them into a team that sat pretty much in the top four nearly the entire season. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that was just a little bit too difficult for them on the weekend, and I was really impressed with the bunnies. There's been so much talk this year about this could be the first year we see a side outside the top four mm-hmm. win the competition, and I think. Well, you know, they've, they've got a difficult game coming up, which we'll preview, you know, this week against Penrith. But if there's ever a side that can do it, they were, look, we were looking at two teams, weren't we? We were looking at the Roosters or yeah. the Bunnies. Yep. And, and the Bunnies have made their way into the last four in the competition. So really impressed with what they did uh, against the Sharkies. So we'll dive into the, the Rabbits and the, the Panthers shortly. But overall, the season for the, the Cronulla Sharks. Had a listener yesterday talk about the concern around the ageing roster, especially from their forwards point of view. So Fafita not there next year. Aiden mm-hmm. Tolman, an old teammate of yours, he's retired yes. as well. Uh, Dale Finucane, uh over 30. Wade Graham over 30. Uh, there must be a younger one there. Do you see that as a, a bit of an issue for Craig Fitzgibbon and how he needs to uh, reassemble or, or, or add to this squad for next year? Yeah, well, we know Fafita's not going to be there next year. This was his last season, um, which he announced, what, about a month ago. So mm-hmm. he'll be moving on. I think Dale Finucane, he's still got a lot of good football ahead of him. Um, he's just got to try and stay on the paddock. He's, he's copped a, a few. He's had to deal with a few injuries of late, um, which I guess would be a little bit concerning. But if he can find a way to stay fit and stay on the park, um, he'll be enormous for them again. Um, you, you, know, you mentioned Wade Graham getting a little bit older too. I, I still feel as though that they'll, they'll be very, very competitive next year. Yeah, very competitive. And I think the way that, like this, like Craig Fitzgibbon, he's only just got his hands on this group of players, and you, we've we've seen firsthand what he's been able to do with them in a short space of time. So, I think another preseason and another full season under his belt. Nico Hines as well. Yep. Um, you know, he, he's had that's his first full season with. Uh, yeah, the number seven on his back, you know, playing in the halves and controlling a football side. So he's going to be better as well. Um, I, I, mate, I, I still think they'll be very competitive next year. And, and I guess giving them a rating, you know, this year, I'd, I'd have to say, you know, they're, they're B plus, A minus for yeah. sure. 
Okay. All right. We, we might have a, a deeper chat about that. I, there was one moment in that game that I just want to ask you about, and, and knowing him as you do, Dale Finucane missed badly the one-on-one Cam Murray for mm. the try, and that was a crucial yeah. try. It looked, just sort of broke the game open a little bit, and he, mm. he, he just stayed down for it. Like, he just knew it was such a big moment. Big he strikes moment. me as yeah. the type of guy... Cam, that he's now going to spend the entire off-season working out, oh. okay, how do I make sure that I make that yeah. tackle next year? I'll tell you, I'd hate to be his teammates when they line up to do <laughs> defensive practice, <laughs> tackle practice, because that you're right, Jimmy. He he is, and you can see the way he plays, but you know, kn- knowing him closely and seeing him his work and you know his training close at close hand, yeah. um, he he doesn't when he makes a mistake like that, um, you know, he doesn't allow that same mistake to happen again. Yep. Or, or if it does happen again, it's 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 a long, long way away. Yeah. There's a big gap between those same mistakes. So um, he's he's a type of guy that he just he he cares about his teammates. He cares about his team. He cares about the jersey that he's wearing. Yeah, and he wants to go out there and do his very best every time. So that's why he would have stayed down after that miss, is because he would have known how how big of impact it had on that match that moment. Yeah. Um and I'm I'm guessing he'll be thinking that he'll be stewing on that. Yep. This entire off season, pre season period. So watch out next year. Yeah. Actually we had the great James Graham in here one day talking about so and he said yeah. even at at Canterbury <laughs> training, he said I, oh. They do the drills, the one-on-one, yep. and he'd go, I'd look where Dale Finucane was and just move to the other side of the group. Yep. So that he didn't... Absolute, absolute madman. Yeah, right. Madman. Okay. So look, when you think about training, people people think about training and like, oh, you know, they don't they don't go hard. You know, it's 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 when they get out in the, on, on the field on game day. That's when they go flat out. No, nah, not Dale Finucane. <laughs> the, way, the, you, the way you see him on the weekend playing the game, that's the way he trains too. Yeah. It's just, it's carnage. Isn't that great for your club, though? Uh, fantastic. Oh, yeah. All right, let's go back to Friday night. Eels 40 sort of took yes. everyone by surprise against a disappointing Raiders side four. What were your thoughts on that one, mate? Yeah, well, I guess if you look at the Raiders firstly, you know, and I think Ricky Stewart said as much after the game that, you know, after, what was it, 10 weeks, they were sitting 15th yeah. um, on the ladder. So, you know, to get to week two of the finals, I think they've done a pretty good job. Although, you know, they're, they're a much better side than, than what they showed us in the first two months. And I think a bit to do with that was, was the injury to Jamal Fogarty. Yep. They, they, you know, the, 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 the turnaround in, in their performances when he returned, I think, um, you know, sort of midway or two-thirds way through the season, it was just phenomenal. Um, you know, but they just... Again, the, the, we've seen a Parramatta side that we've all um, expected to play that way, didn't we? Mm. That's what that's what we've been waiting to see from Parramatta in, in a final series. That was the first time they they've been past week two yeah. of a final series in thirteen years, Jimmy. Yep, thirteen years, you know. And you and you look at you look at the sides that they've that they've had over the past, let's say, half a dozen seasons. You would think. Yeah, they'd they'd be pushing for a premiership every year, or or at least in this week three, which they are now. So I was really, I was really pleased to see that footy side come out and play the way they did. And I know they were playing at home; they had a bit of home field advantage, and it was a great crowd. It was sold out, um, but they just they started well um, in the early stages, and they didn't look back. Yeah. And, and the one guy I was really impressed with was Dylan Brown. So they 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 had a really quiet game against Penrith. And I think he came out and said afterwards he was really disappointed with his match, and yep. um, it was very quiet by his standards. He came out and ran for two hundred and fifty-seven meters. 
the most by any five eighth in the competition this year, by like by a mile. Yeah. So he 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 showed his intentions early and said, "Listen, I'm going to take myself to the game. I'm not going to sit here and see what unfolds in the early stages. And if we score a try and get some momentum, on, oh, then I'll get some touches and get myself into the game." He he took him on straight away. He got his hands on the ball early. He ran the ball early. By half time, I think he was at 140 meters or something. <laughs> so really impressed with him. Those two guys, Mitch Moses and Dylan Brown, if they're to progress through to a grand final, they have to have, both of them have to have huge performances this mm. weekend against the Cowboys. Mm. Which they're both capable of too, uh, based on last mm. week. So what year was it when Para played Storm down in Melbourne? They had you guys rocking at half time. They, and, was and that then, 17? Was it 17, was it? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and as you say, all that those good teams that didn't – so this is brand-new territory for them. They're into a prelim, mm. which is exciting for Parramatta fans. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you about, mate, Daly Cherry Evans has come out and made comment about um, what's going on with Manly. Let's have a listen to mm. DCE. People just want to cause uncertainty, and I know that sounds ridiculous. How could people at one club want to rip the place apart? But unfortunately, I think that's the situation we have at Manly. But I guess there was a perception that you didn't get on with some of the problem players. They're just rumours that came out because people wanted to unsettle me as a person. Um, but the longer the longer it went on and the more people I spoke to, the more I realised that, uh, you know, these were just personal attacks and there were certain agendas that were trying to be driven. But were you tempted after this last instalment to say, listen, I need to find another club? Did that cross your mind at all? Yeah, look, I'd be lying if I said it didn't cross my mind. Oh, so there's wow. a there's a couple of big ones stand out for me there, Cam. He said it's clear that there's someone in the organisation trying to rip the team apart. Like, how hard's the NRL anyway yeah. <laughs> with with people in your organisation that aren't all on the same uh, page? A bit surprised by that? Yeah, I'm very surprised. Yeah, that um, you know, well, that's your skipper coming out and talking about your own organisation. And, and I guess yeah. you know his last comment when he's when he was asked, did you can. Did the thought cross your mind about you know changing clubs or, or you know leaving Manly? And he said, "Yeah, the thought crossed my mind." Yeah, and that's I guess that's those thoughts, you know, start appearing in your head when things like that happen. When it's it's like the organisation is eating itself. Yes, from the inside out. Yes, like it's just it's it's as you said, Jimmy. Like being an NRL player and an NRL coach working in that environment, it's 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 difficult on its own. You know, just doing your, your day-to-day stuff and then getting out on the weekend trying to win football matches because it's so competitive. But then having to deal with things um, outside of football like, you know, like people trying to just cause divides in your in your football side and start rumours and all this sort of stuff to, to cause unrest. It's just, it wouldn't be a very good place to to be at and be a part of, yeah. and and we've seen that, didn't we? We seen we, yes. you could see that something was was going wrong with that football side in, in the last six weeks. They 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 literally fell off a cliff as, as far as their performances were concerned. And, and my thought on that was maybe the the rainbow jersey saga didn't cause it, but revealed it. Um, mm. Which which I, so we don't really know around that. There's a couple of things for me with that with that comment he made about ripping, ripping the team apart. And yes, he did think about leaving. That is great honesty from DCE. Yes, but I'm not sure we need like we so we like it as a media, but it, from <laughs> from a club point of view, it's like I don't, you shouldn't say that. No, like even if you did Publicly, think leaving, no. yeah, yeah, yes, you know, yep, that, uh, yep, that, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, but that's just again. That's I guess that's a reflection of where the, where the Manly Club is, is at right now. 
Yeah. Um, disappointing if you are a Manly fan. If you want to mm. have your say on that, you can. one three hundred oh one eleven seven. 1170 Get us on the text line, 0457-736-736. Eels fans, Cowboys fans, even people with Scottish background, call now <laughs> if you'd like to be a part of the Para Eels quiz. Remember, the prize is courtesy of SEN and Maccas, the SEN Maccas Jet. You're going to get a eight-seater up to Queensland <laughs> Country Bank Stadium for this prelim final. Call now. Uh, actually, Jimmy Smith and Cam Smith. Denon with a bit of food poisoning uh, this morning. So the lake, <laughs> what are you laughing at? <laughs> oh, just food poisoning. I love it. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Good one, Cam. He'll be, he'll be tuning in. He'll be listening to our to the captain's run. Yeah. Jimmy. Yeah, oh, uh, filling in uh, for D. So, um, yeah, uh, we wish you a speedy recovery, Dan. Let's enjoy your day off. <laughs> what, a pity, what a pity the weather's bad. I think he had a day at the beach planned and everything. Yep, yep. But, He's uh, just upset. He didn't want to get out of bed. <laughs> well, anyway, I tell you, you did get out of bed. All the people who've called on one three hundred oh one eleven seventy for their chance to win this prize. So there was a lot of debate in here, Cam, about how we the, the execution of it, you know, like Yes. Yes. You know, I think the last last person standing quiz is a little bit unfair on those Yeah, because like, you, you can let everyone fall over and just get the last question right. C- correct. That's unfair. Yeah. But anyway, that's what we're going with. So. Oh, okay. Well the, All right. The other, the, the other way is we go head to head, but then there's only two people doing it and then all the okay. other callers who so anyway we've we've decided to do it um last person standing gets the the two tickets uh it's in the eight seater flight it's uh, the SEN Macca's jet jet's a bit of a loose term isn't it yes <laughs> i think the propellers are in great working order <laughs> we just lost we just lost 20 callers <laughs> <laughs> so what happens is, and, and for the next day, after you stay at Jonathan Thurston's uh, on the Friday night, Jonathan will come out and is sort of a celebrity propeller starter for you for your yes. for your flight yep. back. So that's all yep. very, very exciting. So, uh, all right, we better go to our first caller there. Wayne is on the line at Southport. G'day, Wayne. G'day, mate. How are you going? So, mate, you're on Southport up on the Gold Coast, right? Yeah, that's correct. Yep. Okay, all right. Well, this might be a little bit different, but anyway, there's mm. there's a seat on the plane for you. You might be able to join the flight at, at Brisbane, but yep. uh, anyway. Uh, all right, first question for you, Wayne. Which Parramatta yep. Eels winger was knocked out in the 1986 grand final? 1986 grand final? Yeah. yeah. Remember that one, Wayne? Wow, that's that a tough one. Yeah, it's a tough one first Yes, up. I do, it's I just can't think of it offhand, mate. Yeah, all right, okay. It wasn't. Oh, it sorry, wasn't Wayne. Eric Groth. I'll, I'll give you that clue. It wasn't Eric Groth. Um, all right, let's go to Matt at Glebe. Hey, Matty. Hey, how you going? Yeah, really well, thanks, mate. Do you know the Parramatta Reels winger knocked out in the 1986 Grand Final? Mate, I was only four years old then, so um, I'm just going to have a bit of a bit of a guess. Was it was it Mick Cronin? The great crow was in the centres. Centres, yeah. yeah. Would you have known this one, Cam? You know this? No, 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 no. no. Mick Cronin uh, shares his name with this winger, though. Ah, there nice clue. Nice clue. Uh, all right, let's go to Carl. Uh, um, oh, I can only think of one um, winger off the top of my head, and that's Mick Delroy. Oh, yes. yes. Carlos. 
Great, Mickey Delroy. All right, over to you, Cam. Okay, question two, Carl, to progress through. What was the halftime score of the 2001 grand final between the Eels and the Knights? Halftime score in front. Um, I don't know. Have a bit of a guess. 18, 16, 18, 12. It was a pretty famous halftime scoreline. So, um, anyway, uh, all right, let's go to Steve at Blacktown. G'day, guys. Um, was it 24-0? Oh, yeah, well done. Well done, Steve. Well done. Uh, I think uh, Billy Peden got a couple of tries. Stevie yeah, Simpson. got a double. Yep. Yeah, yep. Stevie Simpson there too. Uh, all right, here we go, Steve. You sound like you know your stuff. So I'm going to ask you, who coached the Eels to the 2009 grand final? Daniel Anderson. Nice. Nice. And just a well quick done. one on Mick Delroy. That's, I actually played soccer with his son. So oh, I've heard really? that story a few times. Yeah, he's a great bloke, Mick. Great fella. I played with him at the Roosters, Mickey D. Uh, yeah, right. Cool. Good, good man. Yeah. Good man. Righto, Cam, over to you. Okay, question uh, four. Who played hooker for Parramatta in the 2001 grand final? Oh, that's a tough Oh. Jeez, I'm stumped now. Um, uh, yeah, I, I can't even. Yeah, I've got nothing, unfortunately. Got, got nothing? All right, all right. Um, we better go to the next caller. Who's the next caller there? <laughs> Matt? G'day, Matt. You there, Matty? Yep. All right. Yeah, yeah. Fire away, Cam. Who was the... Number nine, the hooker for Parramatta in the 2001 grand final. Ah, uh, that was Brad Drew. Oh, nice. Well done. Nice. The real estate agent out there at the Hawkesbury. <laughs> uh, well done. Well done, Drew. All right. Here we go, Matty. Who played hooker for the Eels in the 1986 grand final? <laughs> Why are you giving me this name? Matty. <laughs> Oh, um, again, I'm only four years old, so uh, far out. Nah, I've really had nothing with that one. Okay, nothing. all right, all right. Uh, let's go to, we'll go to the Parramatta Tragic. That's not a bad name for a bloke who could win a double pass up to the prelim. So Parramatta Tragic, you got us? Good morning, gentlemen, and thanks, thanks for the opportunity. No worries. Who played hooker for the Eels in the 1986 grand final? You with us, Paratrachi? Six yet? Yeah, I'm just googling. It's, uh, Eighty-six? No, 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 I'm not googling at all. Off the top of my head, I'm just trying to think. Oh, it wasn't Mosley. Oh, Let's go with oh, Mick yeah. Mosley. Mick Mosley, yes. Yes, well done. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking of the blood streaming from his head. It's a great photograph. All right, okay. Why don't there we make go. this make this the last question, Cam? Okay. Question, oh, well, question seven. Last question. Okay. Question seven. Okay. Here we go. What was the score line in the 1986 grand final? Full time score. Full time, Cronin two goals, 4 2. <laughs> yes, we got a winner. Oh, a hey, paratragic. Are you, are you right to fly up to North Queensland tomorrow? Mate, I would 
uh, sell my children and wife to be able to do it. I, I, I'll be... Just, and just on that, how much would you get for your wife and children? Any ideas? Well, they're, they're a pretty good mob, so I, I'm thinking there's a retirement package here. Which, uh, He's not coming over. His wife, it's a one-way ticket, Jimmy. <laughs> You're gonna... I'm thinking a herd of goats. I'm thinking a herd of goats and a couple of camels at least. Yeah, nice. Uh, everyone loves a dowry. Hey, um, who are you going to take with you, Paratragic? Well, it's an, uh, look, uh, it's a very good question. Um, it uh, it would have to be a friend who's a, another raging Parramatta supporter, which mm-hmm. I've got a couple of. Mm-hmm. So um, I'll have to. I'll have to give that a moment's thought um, yes. before That's I get that organised. All right. It is a big decision. Mm. You're quite right, mate. You're going to be inundated with text messages and phone calls right now. You've got that spare ticket, but congratulations. A big thank you to Maccas, of course, to SEN as well. It's the double pass up for the Cowboys versus the Para Eels. It's a great prize, uh, and we do it all thanks to Maccas. We're a bit late for the news, Cam. We'll get that, and then we're back with more. Wow, paratragic inundated, uh, apparently. Uh, lots of people wanting to be his best friend at the moment. Concerns around the response from his wife and children. But anyway, <laughs> more, more news as it comes to hand, uh, Cam. Uh, welcome back. This is the Captain's Run. Cam Smith and Jimmy filling in for Dan and Kemp. Thanks to SEN 1170 in Sydney. SEN 1620 on the Goldie and SENQ 693. Up there in Queensland. So let's go back. Joe Suwali, uh, we made mention of the fact that um, he has made the call, which was pretty classy from the youngster, to Mal Meninga to say, look, I, I really want to represent my family uh, with Samoa at the Rugby League World Cup. Let's have a listen to the response of the Australian Kangaroos coach, Mal Meninga. I'm not disappointed. But the, the fact is it needs to be. We need to have a look at how we clean it all up and the eligibility rules. But... And I'm happy for them if they if they make a decision that they actually want to you know, play for their ancestral nation. So that's that, that's good for me because you know, I don't want them going away you know, in the green and gold and you know, second doubting themselves whether they actually want to be here. They want to be with another footy team, you know. So for me, I'm, I'm really comfortable in the fact that the people who we pick want to be there. So the other thing about that mm. comments from Mal Meninga there, uh, Cam, is it sounds like he's. Yes, obviously he wants the Kangaroos to win, and you know you as being a World Cup winning captain know that. But yep. he's also got an eye on the wider game, by the sounds of it. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And and having worked closely with Mal over a long period of time, both with the Queensland and the Australian teams, um, he he's very much has the game at the forefront of of his thoughts and yep. and and his comments and and all of the things that he does around the sport he, he just he loves the game of rugby league and he wants it to be in the very best uh position it can be moving forward um and i and i guess as an australian coach now he has been um the coach of the kangaroos since 2016 um you know he wants the international game to prosper and and i believe that you know the, these players that have the op- opportunity to represent both australia and another nation um i think that's great that they that they're choosing to go and play for you know the the, the country of of their family's heritage. So like a yep. Joseph Sully, he's going to play. He's chosen to play for Samoa because that's his family's heritage. And and there's several other players that have done so. I think that's great for our international game, where it's getting a little bit messy. And I agree with Mal that all needs to be cleaned up. Is how players can play state of origin. They can represent 
New South Wales and Queensland, which are states of Australia. Yes. But then after that series is finished, then go on and say, well, no, I don't want to represent Australia at the international level. I want to go play for a different country. I think that's where it all needs to be cleaned up because it's all messy. We're all over the shop at the moment. Yeah. Even even I, like I'm sitting back looking at some of the players that are now opting not to play for the Kangaroos, and and that's completely um, okay because it's within the rules right now that the game has. Um, but I'm sitting back just I'm just confused by the whole situation. I don't know who's where and and who represents who, and it's just it's all a bit confusing. So I think for for fans, um, for people that you know love watching the game of rugby league, and and I think for the players too. Yep. Just, just I think if we if we <laughs> if we clean up the whole eligibility thing, it, it'll be much more easier moving forward. What's it look like for you? What's best case scenario for the international game, for state of origin, and for the yeah. domestic NRL? And I'm talking about you know tier one versus tier two nations and oh. what the eligibility eligibility <laughs> looks like for that. So so should someone like Brian Tottle be allowed to yep. play in state of origin, but even beforehand say, and I don't want to play for Australia but I want to play for Samoa. Yeah, well, th- th- this is the thing, Jimmy, and, and I've, I've spoken on the captain's run earlier in the year. I think this may have been heading into game three, yep. um, State of Origin, when there was there was talk around this el- eligibility stuff. So I, I mentioned then, and this this is just my thoughts, Like, and, and I'm, not, I'm not saying that this is the right way or the way it should happen, because other people have different opinions, and that's fine. Like, I don't disagree or say they're wrong. Um yeah, this is just my thoughts on it. I feel as though that if if you want to play State of Origin, okay, and that's, as I said, you're representing New South Wales and or Queensland, mm. which are states of Australia, I think you should be available to play for the Kangaroos. That, I, I, I just think that. If, if if you don't want to play for Australia, though, that's fine. That That's great. Like, I encourage you to go and play for you know another nation because that that that's doing great things for our international game we we need our international game to be strong for you know international rugby league to survive and i think it's great now that we're 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 seeing more and more um you know polynesian players in particular um you know papua new guinean players fijian players all coming over and 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 they're a part of the nrl there's over 50 percent now Yes, I think those numbers are right, isn't it, Jim? Yep, yep. Which is great because you know it's it's making our international game stronger. What I'm saying is though, if if you play, if you choose to play State of Origin, I feel you should be available to play for the Kangaroos. So I don't think I don't think you can choose. I don't think you can say, yeah, listen, yeah, I'll play State of Origin. I'll represent a state of Australia, but then I don't want want to represent the country at the end of the year, though. I, I don't think you should have that option. Yeah. I just I don't and and from there, I think because where that starts to get messy now is and you talk about these tiered nations. Well, if I was a if I was a player playing for New Zealand or England, yes, and I looked across and I seen people that represent Samoa and Tonga, and look at that and go, well, they're allowed to play State of Origin, but I'm not. Yes, that's that's not fair. So it's it's one or the other. So what I'm saying is, if you play for for New South Wales or Queensland, then you need to be available for Australia. If not, okay. If not, if if because people are saying, well, that 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 detracts from you know the state of origin product. Then we're taking great players out. Well, I'll mention a couple. Let's let's just say you remove Brian Toto and Jerome Luai. Yep. 
I dare say New South Wales, the Blues, would have replaced them with Josh Adokar and, let's say, Jack Whiten. Do you think those two players would let the Blues jersey down? Yeah. Or they're less passionate about the Blues jersey than, than Luai and Brian Toll? I don't think so. Personally, I don't think so because I know those two players and I know how much the Sky Blue jersey means to them. So back to that point of if 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 we continue down this route of saying you can play Origin but then you can go opt to play for another nation outside of Australia, then open the floodgates. Let let Jason Taumalolo play State of Origin. You know, let let Victor Radley play State of Origin. You know, like Sam Burgess, yeah, Sonny Bill Williams, like these are all players that they can't, they they weren't allowed to play State of Origin because they were representing England and New Zealand. Yeah. I'm I'm just saying from my point of view as a as a guy that played rugby league and, and I was lucky enough to play State of Origin, if I was if I was someone outside of you know the the Samoan and Tongan side and I represented you know New Zealand or, or England and I'm looking over watching these players that are allowed to play Origin, I'd be I'd be I'd be a little bit frustrated to be honest because mm. I'd love to if if I had the chance to say listen I'll play Origin but then I can go play for England or New Zealand at the end of the year I would have jumped at the opportunity. Here's the challenging part of that too, right? So and and as of next year, state of origin payments will be back to thirty thousand dollars a game, right? So yes. there's a financial incentive associated with making yourself available for that, which mm. I, I mm. think is unfortunate but a realistic part of life, right? Yes. Uh, yep. And then the other part about it is now, if you say right now, okay, I'm going to be eligible for New South Wales or Queensland and therefore Australia, you know you've got three origin games right now. Samoa and Tonga, uh, and to a degree New Zealand. And even mm. the kangaroos have no idea what a calendar looks like for that's next right. year from an international rugby league point of view. That's right. Yeah, and and that's that's another issue, isn't it? Is is to say, well, if you if you choose to play for like let's say one of the Pacific Nation footy sides, how many how many football games will you play? Yeah, like representative games. Yep. Like, will will it be just one every year until World Cup comes around every four years? So I think that's that's where the whole representative um, p- part of our game needs to be looked at and cleaned up. And, and even, as you said, Jimmy, like, let, let's, put, let's put a five-year plan in place. Yeah, five-year calendar where they can go, yeah, right, yeah. that's coming up. I know, I know that um, you know, the, the COVID thing and the whole pandemic, it, it sort of it stopped the international game uh, for a couple of years there. Like the Kangaroos haven't played for several years. Yes. But... Um, like let's 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 sit down in this off season and put together a calendar where every international every player playing our game who has the opportunity to play international football can look look ahead and go right I'll circle that date circle that date that's when I'm that's when I can represent my country of choice. We've got a heap of texts here. We want to uh, ask the opinion of Cam Smith. We'll get to that. I'm going to go back to that and say who does Australia play in the final? of the Rugby League World Cup, making some oh. assumptions there. So we'll, we'll get Cam's thoughts on that as well. Uh, keep the calls coming, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. You're listening to the Captain's Run with Cam and Jimmy. Actually, Captain's Run with Cam Smith and Jimmy Smith. Uh, and remember, download the SEN app anytime. Uh, listen anywhere. Just before I get you on, who does Australia... We make a presumption Australia mm. makes the, the final. But uh, morning, Jimmy and Cam. A suggestion for the NRL. When every player plays their first NRL game, they must fill out a form that elaborates on who they will play for if chosen in a representative side before they become 
a player that he's chosen. That's from Bulldog Tom. Thoughts on that, Cam? I think I think that may already be part of the process, Jimmy. Yeah. Yeah, I already I already feel that that may be the process that when you when you first sign a an NRL contract you you write down who you're eligible to play for. I, but I think that was the situation with uh Ronaldo Molotalo. Yes. If you think back to last year, yeah. cuz he played he played like in all the junior Queensland sides like 16s, 18s and 20s and then thought he was eligible for Queensland so the Maroons picked him and then 2 days in yeah, you know, that news come through that he wasn't eligible. So, yeah. again, yep, we need to we need to scrap that. I think uh, get some sort of clarity. All right, be clear on yeah. this then. Who does this, so Australia, New Zealand, England, Tonga, Samoa, all in oh, the market, oh, oh, right? Oh, oh. Uh, courtesy of topsport.com.au yeah. to win the regular. Yes. Australia's very short, dollar forty five. Um, yeah, mate, who do, who do they play in the final? Oh wow! Okay, look, well, let's let's just say the kangaroos make it. Now, I'm not I'm not saying they are because a, a dollar. What did you say? A dollar fifty? Dollar forty five? A dollar forty five? That's that's craziness. Look, looking at some of the the squads being put together like that. Did you see the Kiwi squad yes. that were put together? Thirty four yes. players. Wow! What a yeah. That's going to be a fairly formidable footy side going over over to England for the World Cup. Um, well, but let's just say the the kangaroos make it to the the final. I think they'll play Tonga. Wow, I think I think they will play Tonga. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. I think Tonga will get past. I think on their side of the pool, Samoa, PNG, England. I think they'll make the final Tonga. So you, this looking at this Tongan side, it's stronger than what we anticipate coming out of England, right? Yep, yep. Okay, I think so. I think so. It's and and thinking back, what a couple of years ago, this, they beat the Kangaroos. Yes, they so did. They will be extremely confident going into this tournament. And very nearly beat England in 2017 in That's that right. semi-final as well. That's right. Yeah, yeah, huge game over there in New Zealand. That's one of the great underrated games of rugby league in history, I reckon, the 2017 Rugby League World Cup final. You were in it. Oh, yeah, 6-0. Six six nil. Nil. Yeah, one of, one of the toughest games of football I've ever played in. Wow. And, and we... We started okay, and uh, we scored early. I think Boyd Cordner was the was the try scorer. He was the only one that to score that night, um, and and we felt good. We we scored the try, kicked the conversion, yeah. go back six nil, and then from then on it was just just an, a complete arm wrestle yeah. the entire game. Yeah, they played so well the English side. Uh, hey, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that. Got to get to a break. We're back with more. Captain's run with Cam and Jimmy. We've got the news coming up very shortly. After that, we're going to have a look at the Raiders season, the Cronulla Sharks season. Cam's going to select his M team of the year. I'll throw mine in as well. What about this? Chock from Calderwood. Text message. A question you could have used for the para quiz. In the closing moments of the 2009 grand final with the oh. Eels, coming home with a wet sail, who milked the holding down penalty after <laughs> dropping the ball and trying to get up from a great Can legs I... tackle by Fooey Fooey Moy Moy? <laughs> Can I answer that? Yeah, go for it. It was Billy Slater. Billy Slater. <laughs> oh, mate, they don't forget. Oh, Good on you, Chalk. Thanks for sending that in. I'm a Raiders fan. I hope they melt in the humidity. Go the Cowboys. Ooh. That's from Lee. Uh, we'll talk about that. The weather. Cam, you're up there. What's the What's the weather right now? Oh, 30 degrees. Oh. It is hot. And humidity? And about 400% humidity. <laughs> <laughs> News and back with more. You're listening to the Captain's Run with Cam and Jimmy.
Actually, it's the captain's run with Cam Smith and Jimmy Smith. Remember, you can catch up on anything you miss from the show via the podcast, which you can download now on the SCN app. Remember, the call line, 1300 01 1170 0457 736 736 if you want to get us on the text line at 1170 SCN on Twitter. And make sure you follow that uh, SCN League on Instagram as well, at SCN League. on. In- I'm in the studio in Sydney. It's raining. Cam, you better reveal to the listeners where exactly you have you got snorkel and flippers on at the moment or what's um, going on? Well, they're just they're just sitting outside my door actually, so I'm <laughs> waiting to finish the captain's run and I'll be I'll be out in the water, Jimmy. But uh, no, it's uh, it's very warm up here, thirty degrees, and as I said just before the break, the humidity is it's scorching. I have a shower in the morning and Dad said I walk outside, sweat. Yeah, as soon right. as I step outside the door, sweat. So yeah, just a little bit of a uh, insight into what it's like up here at the moment and uh, what these players will be facing, particularly the Parramatta Eels, uh, Friday night. Can you imagine how much Junior Barlow will sweat? Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> They'll have to pack extra towels for these players. Yes. Like, I'm telling you. I'm yeah. telling you. Ice vest, the whole thing, the fans. I remember playing, Jimmy, and you could comment on this too, when you were playing the, 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 the periods of the year where you least wanted to play the Cowboys was... Yeah. At the very beginning, so in yep. the early rounds or the or the, the the final stages of the season, that's when it's at its hottest. Yeah, it's just not good. We played them up there one day in 1999, the Rabbitohs up against the Cowboys, and that was back in the day where you used to go up and get the win, right? And yes. then just go yes. to yes. go to yes. Mad Cow, and that was you know, it was a fantastic um, trip. <laughs> trip, right? Yeah. Uh, the biggest the, the biggest issue about going up there was do you wear your Rabbitohs polo shirt out or do you like that was the <laughs> That was the talking point, right? That was the. Um, we played them up there on a Saturday, three p.m. on about oh. round six or seven. Oh, yeah, no. ridiculous! Sweating for How, Australia. How'd you go? Nah. Oh, we won. So you know, mad cow and all that. I think I did wear the polo shirt out. So all of that, but <laughs> very tough. Just on that, hey, we had the actuality. You scoring a grand final try. Denon called by Rabs. Uh, the one piece that I'd love in there from my playing career was when I was playing for the Roosters and we played against the um, Canberra Raiders over at yes. uh, Perth at, yeah. the, at the WACA ground. They took a couple of games over there in the lead up to the, the Western Reds coming in. So we're, okay. we're playing over there and um, Peter Sterling was commentating for Channel 9 and I, I hit the ball up and um, Sterling said, I've been talking to Jack Gibson about Jimmy Smith and he tells me he has deceptive speed. <laughs> right? Jack said, yes. he's slower than he looks. <laughs> oh, oh, anyway. That sounds like some of the comments made about my career too. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, let's not get into comparisons there, yeah. mate. Canberra Raiders and Cronulla Sharks season review coming up. Dallium Team of the Year this hour as well. Let's get this straight. The Dallium Team of the Year, it's, they're not playing a game. Right, so that it just no. has to be the best players, right, in yes. those positions. All right, all right. So, um, so text messages coming in here. We've got callers as well. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Morning, Cam and Jimmy. Speaking of that twenty seventeen Rugby League World Cup final, Josh Dugan produced the most important ankle tap in a big game since oh, Big Mal right. in the nineteen eighty nine Grand Final. That's from Jace. That's right. I th- I forget who. I forget the player. Oh, it might have been on uh, the, the English winger. I thought it was um, um, Johnny Bateman. It, it was John Bateman, wasn't it? Or was it on Bateman? 
Anyway, yeah, they they look like they they made a bit of a half line break, and uh, I think if they if they end up going through, they just would have had to uh, draw the fullback, yeah, um, which was Billy, of course. But yeah, no, I remember that he got a, he got an ankle tap on him, and um, we're able to recover and go down and um, and sort of you know get our defensive line sorted. But yeah, big play from Josh Dugan. He had a fantastic tournament, actually, Josh Dugan. Uh, I was speaking to James Graham the other day at a function, and he talks about that game and, and talks about how intense it was. And he, he talks about what Wayne Bennett said to the England team after the match. Yes. And he said, you didn't lose today, guys. You just ran out of time. Um, Whoa, wow. Yeah. What okay. a great comment, isn't it? Yeah. Um, hey, good coach, Wayne. Oh, amazing. Boys, the, real, uh, the reason the Polynesian players can play state of origin is because they are eligible to the reason sam burgess etc can't is because they're not eligible to yeah forestville ferret we understand that but cam's saying change the eligibility Mm. um some of that up yeah the the challenge is that so look at you mentioned ronaldo molotalo i think james tamo was something similar he came to australia Mm -hmm. as a 12 year old uh, 12 or 13 but there are plenty of the polynesian players like your brian tottles who were born in australia Exactly right. Yeah. I think Jerome Luai, he was born in Australia, wasn't he? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, morning, boys. We keep hearing about this heat in Queensland will affect the eels. The doggies, the roosters, and the sharks all beat the cowboys in the heat. So it's kind of sad how this is all we're talking about, not the form of the sides. Damo, the dirty eel. Damo, we'll get to other mm. stuff about that game. Yeah. Uh, we're, well, we're, well, we're not saying it's going to affect the eel. We're just saying that it, it's going to... It'll be a factor in, in the result, I believe. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. George is on the line, wants to have his say. G'day, George. Yeah, g'day, boys. Thanks for taking my call. Just in regard to the eligibility, it depends whether Australia wants to build up those Mino nations. Because if so, they need the experience at State of Origin, don't they? Like, do we want to play Samara and Tonga and just flog them 70 nil, Or do we, do we really actually want an international game? And if so, they need the uh, state of origin experience and feel, don't you reckon, guys? Well, we were just talking before about, um, you know, this upcoming World Cup and, and, and who could possibly be a part of the World Cup final. Um, I don't know. I, I think the, 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 these Polynesian um, players, they're getting, they're getting great coaching now from a very young age compared to what they were, you know, back you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. Mm. Because there's, there's a lot of these guys now that are, as we just spoke about, Jimmy, like they're born in Australia. So yep. they start playing rugby league at, you know, five, six, seven years of age. And they're getting better coaching than what players were receiving, you know, 10, 15 years ago, where they grew up in the, in the, um, in the you know, the Polynesian Islands, you know, playing rugby league over there. And then, you know, somehow... You know, finding their way into international football, or they come over to Australia at a, at a later stage. Um, so they're a little bit underdeveloped as as far as you know, uh, being coached by coaches that um, have spent time in Australia and, and you know, growing up around rugby league. So I, I, I don't I don't know if that would have such an effect on on them when it comes to international football if they hadn't played State of Origin. Mm. I, I don't know if it would have a significant effect on them. Um, we're just trying to work. What we're trying to work through, George, is just trying to work through ways where we can just clean up this whole representative eligibility 
um, you know, protocols or rules, whatever you want to call them, just so there's a greater understanding for everyone involved in the game. Yeah, so it's, uh, including it's, the players. Yeah, yeah. Good on you, George. Thanks for the call. Um, now you can comment on it, but I don't anticipate you having the same thoughts as me. Mm. But for the benefit of the international game, it would be fantastic if New Zealand beat Tonga in the Rugby League World Cup final in a nail biter. Like, that's great yeah. for international rugby yeah, league. Absolutely. And, and I'll tell you what, Jimmy, I'll tell you what, it, there's every possibility yeah. that those two teams could be in, in the final because I think, um, I think we're talking off air that New Zealand and, and the Kangaroos, they're, in, they're on the same side of the draw. Yes. So if they go through their pool matches undefeated, um, which is, it's, it's a high probability, they would meet each other in a semifinal. Mm-hmm. So only one of the two teams can actually go through to the World Cup final, which is um, which is uh, it, it's going to be a great spectacle and and great for our international game and it's a, and it's absolutely a reality that it could be New Zealand v Tonga or New Zealand v Samoa or New Zealand v uh, England in yeah. the World Cup final this year. Yeah, which which would turn international rugby league on its head. There's there's no doubt about that. And as much as Mal Meninga's being you know um, accepting of that, it's he's starting to look at his squad. No Payne Haas now, and he's going, oh, hang on a minute. Yeah, we're not as strong as what we thought we might be. Uh, mm. Keep having your say on that. Zero four five seven seven three six seven three six. Let's have a look at the Canberra Raiders, mate. What did you make of them? Finished eighth. A big win against your Storm in the first week of the finals. 14 wins and 10 losses for the season. How will you assess mm. the, the season of the Canberra Raiders? Yeah, well, they certainly finished the season with a flurry, didn't they? They come home with a wet sail. Um, I think it was 12 out of the last 16, I think they won. So yeah. their, back, their back end of the season was fantastic. That coincided with the return of um, Jamal Fogarty, as we mentioned earlier in the show. Bogey team for my boys, the Storm. Why? I think they've won, they've won their last five at Amy Park, which is, you know, you look at any other side in the competition, they, they really struggle to go down to Melbourne and win. And, and I'm not t- too sure why. They, uh, I think it's just they play a style of football that really unsettles Melbourne. Yeah. Oh, that's the only way I can put it. They, it just really unsettles Melbourne. Um, and, and look, don't get me wrong, the Storm had their opportunities, particularly in the last two games that they played against them you know, to win that, those footy games. But, yeah. You know, Canberra were too strong. It, it took a fortunate falcon um, from Seb Chris in, in that semi-final yes. <laughs> to, to sort of seal the, the, the win for them. But, you know, uh, at the end of the day, a win's a win. You, you take them any way you can get them. So, um, yeah, well, looking at comments too from Ricky Stewart, it, it, was a, it was a pretty bold comment after that loss to Parramatta saying if, if they hadn't suffered the injuries that they had, they would have been top four this year. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't completely agree with that. I, I don't know if they would have been in the top four but what they did I was really impressed with the way they battled um, through the year with with the injuries that they did have and you know some things going on at the footy club at certain parts of the year um, to fight their way back and and scrape in scrape in in the last round to confirm that they were going to finish in the top eight they went to Melbourne as you said and had a win and I I, I think they they just ran out of puff they ran out of steam in the end um, when they took on a red hot Parramatta side so you know I, I think if you look at, if you go back to, you know, after eight rounds, they were sitting like 15th or, or something like that, 14th or 15th. If you would have said to a Canberra player or Ricky Stewart right then, 
you'll be playing week two of the finals, I reckon they would have they would have turned around and said, I'll take that every day of the week and say we've had a pretty good season. Mm. Uh, Jamal Fogarty, uh, I think he won 12 of his 16 games that he played this year. Yeah. So that's the, that's the injury that, that Ricky was talking about. The other one was Josh Hodgson. Right, he he. Now he's oh, he's leaving. Adam Elliott leaving. Charles Nickel Cook starred. Uh, Ryan Sutton and Sammy Williams has retired or released. Uh, Pasami Solo is the only gain at this point for the Canberra Raiders. How do you crystal mm. balling? How do you you see their season playing out next well, year, mate? Well, I just I don't know because you look at those those players. They're big outs. They're huge outs. But yeah. and I know they played most of the season without um, Josh Hodson. Um, you know, this, this year, but he's a fantastic player. Adam Elliott was outstanding for them as well. Um, Ryan Sutton is a wonderful uh, forward for yeah. them. Oh, I just I just don't know. And, and they're also losing a few of their staff members as well. I know Brett White, assistant coach, Brett White, who's been at the footy club for several years yes. now. Um, he's moving to the Gold Coast Titans. So there's a lot of change at that footy club. A lot of change at that footy club, so it's 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 going to be a big off season, sorry, big pre season for them to get themselves ready and and up and about for another year with a very, not not just a different looking team, it's a very different looking football department for the Raiders. Papalihi and Tarpani could go deep oh. into the uh, Elliot Whitehead. They could go deep into the Rugby League World Cup too, which means a, yep. a, a late return for that one. Bit more on the Sharks. Second place, 18 wins, six losses. A lot of people talk about the easy run that the Sharks had, but that's just one of the vagaries of the draw when you don't play each yeah. other home and away twice, right? Yeah, that's right. It's just part of the draw. You know, they, they take no part in, in um, selecting who they play. They just they got to turn up with... Who's out there in front of them, and they get the job done. They, they, look, they were fantastic, and we, we spoke about them briefly at the start of the show. That um, you know, huge turnaround with the way they played, and, and a lot to do with you know Nico Hines and Matt Moylan. I yes. thought their combination this year was was fantastic, Jimmy. Um, really impressed. Well, I wouldn't say I wasn't shocked. I wasn't shocked by the way Nico Hines played this year, um, you know, and I was I was really pleased for the way he took control of that that footy side, and the way he played. I, I know, apparently he was a rock star down in the Shire during the year. He just he was running Cronulla. He was like the mayor of Cronulla with, because of the performances <laughs> that he was putting in. And and I'll tell you what, he'll go close to winning the Dally M with with the season that he's yeah. had. He he, he yeah. could possibly win it, um, but if he doesn't, he'll be he'll be thereabouts. So, um, look, yeah, look, as I said off the top, I'd give that team, you know, a sort of B plus, A minus for what they did this year. I think, you know, looking at them closely, it was a, it was a direct reflection of their coach, Craig Fitzgibbon. Yeah. And you look at the type of player he was and the way he played, he was very consistent, you know, put a lot of time and effort into, you know, his defensive game. That's what they were good at this year. Yeah, you know, I think they they finished the season ranked in the top four defensively. Like they were, they were very stingy when it come to um, conceding points um, each game. So I think if they build on that, um, you know, and I, and I, we mentioned you know they're losing a couple of experienced players, particularly in Tolman and Fafita. Yep. Um, they got a good pickup in Oregon Kafusi though from uh, from Parramatta. I think they'll be they'll be 
pushing for another top four spot again next season, I reckon. Let me assure you, Cameron, it wasn't just the performances on the field of Nico Hines that made him a rock star <laughs> in the Sutherland Shire. I can tell you firsthand that indeed really? many women, many housewives, many whose names <laughs> rhymed with Tracy only became interested in any rugby league game that I might have been watching, knowing that the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks were playing and that Nico was ah, running around okay. there in the number seven jersey. Uh, he's a handsome young man, isn't oh, he? Oh, dear. With uh, those flowing locks. I'm a bit jealous. Oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> well, he, here's the other thing about it is, mate. Like, we'd only seen him as a fullback. We'd seen him as a utility. We saw him play yep. a little bit of six. But for him, mm-hmm. how much is he going to benefit of that year of being? And, and it's oh. a personality type as much as anything, as if to say, you know, hey, you go here, you go here. I've got to do this. That allowed yep. him to be so successful at halfback. Yeah, absolutely. And if you think back to um, the 2021 season when he played so many games for Melbourne when they were um, hurt by injuries, particularly you know with Pappenhausen and Jerome Hughes, when he filled in, he, I think he played you know, like 20 plus games yep. um, for the Storm. But you remember his comments when he came out, he said, I think it's time for me to, I want to run my own football side. I don't, just, I don't want to be the guy that just fills in for guys who are playing representative football or, or injured. Yep. I, I want to have the jersey on my back, which says, you know, I'm I'm the I'm the guy that that you know steers the the ship around uh, the field. So, and he's got a great. Per- you talk about personality, Jimmy. Like he's he's very calm. He's very laid back. Yep. Um. So he doesn't get flustered easy, and I think that's a great attribute to have as a, as a not just a rugby league player, but any any sports person out there. That you've seen this year, that no matter the situation, no matter the scoreline, he was never flustered. He just yeah. went out there and executed the game plan that he was asked to do by the coach. Yeah. Very handsome too, which is anyway. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy. The text line zero four five seven seven three six seven three six. We'll take a break. We'll be back with your text and calls. Oh, yeah, welcome back. It is the captain's run. Cam Smith and Jimmy filling in for Denham. A uh, little bit of an upset tummy, I think it was. Was is that with, with Denon, was it? I think so. Sorry, mate. We know you're crook. He, we know you're crook. We know you're listening, but we know you're crook. We're just he, having a little laugh. Apparently, Sorry, Denon. He uh, ate a, uh, a dodgy uh, goldie horn yesterday, uh, <laughs> the prawn. So it just caught him out. Oh, caught no. him out today. <laughs> um, now, Tim from Camden, good part of the world, Camden. Uh, don't forget the Sharks played a lot of teams from the, last, uh, from the top eight last year twice. No one remembers when they drop off. The following year, the Knights, Manly, uh, Melbourne Titans, etc. Yes, there you go. Good point, Tim. Uh, hi, guys. Cam, can you confirm or deny that you are going to be the Dolphins hooker and captain for 2023 <laughs> and 2024, <laughs> Brett at Auburn? <laughs> Brett, I can I can uh, confirm with you. I won't be filling those positions. Okay. Definitely not. No. There's a clarification. Thank you no. for that one, uh, boys. Two points. Uh, one. I think it's great that the players are playing for the team where their passion lies and international footy will be better for it. As for origin, uh, it should be the same. Have more Pacific tests around origin time and grow those games to the level of origin based on that passion. That's shot yes. from up near you in Cairns. Completely agree with that comment. Hmm. Absolutely. So, I, I, so you know, the, the golden goose is origin, right? Because it, it just mm-hmm. provides so much revenue for the game of rugby league. Yes. So any tinkering with that, you need to be really, really careful 
because it's, right. it's, it's such a valuable product. But then remember back in 1979 or 1980 when Senator Ron McAuliffe and those people involved in the New South Wales Rugby League first decided to do that? Well, mm-hmm. I think there's the opportunity to develop what could be a fantastic – and I don't know about you, Cam, but I love watching Tonga, Samoa, yep. uh, PNG – uh, and New Zealand play, and if you could, yep. if you could put that into a season that combines the great, the right balance of NRL, state of origin, and international rugby league, I think that's that's a growth area for the game that other sports, i.e., the AFL in this country, would absolutely die for. Yep, they don't have it, do they? They don't have it. And, I, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you on that. So the the rep around this this year is when. Um, both New South Wales and Queensland travelled over to Perth yep. for the Sunday match. I, I can tell you from, from the Queensland point of view, so we had a training session earlier that day. We come back to the hotel. The players did their recovery and, and whatnot and had a meal. We sat down in our hotel as a team and watched all of those uh, Pacific Test matches yep. being played. Yep, Absolutely loved it. Because there would be a lot of guys with teammates in there wanting to know yep. how they're doing and That's right. um, wanting to, to look at the footy. That was a great night out. At, well, started with that New Zealand versus Tonga game in New Zealand and then the, the double header out there mm-hmm. at Campbelltown as well. I, I just get the sense that, you know, there's people all around the globe who would look at that and know, oh, that's authentic. That's that's not put on. Yes, you know, that, that's right. Uh, it's, it's a great contest. Uh, boys, Tonga, X Factor, Isaiah Katoa. 18 years of age, played New South Wales Cup one game, but he has the goods. No wonder the Dolphins spent overs on him, 500k a year. Well, I don't know whether that's right. Uh, he is mm. a freak. Finally, Tonga have a recognised seven. That's a he apparently. I haven't seen him play, Cam. I don't know whether you've seen him play, but there no. is. He, he came in and played in the New South Wales Cup game. Yes. Because of all the players unavailable in round 25, and apparently just slayed him. Just killed him. Yep. Wow. Um, there was no name on that one. So uh, make sure you uh, send an input, your name on it. Uh, and just before we go to a, a news break, uh, simple Simon here, boys. I don't understand how the comparison can be made between Sam Burgess and Sonny Bill and Jerome, Luai and To'o, etc. Luai and To'o were born here, and but Burgess is born and bred Pommy. Luai and To'o, etc. should have every right to play for Samoa and pick the Blues as well. So that's from simple Simon. Hmm. Fair point. Yeah, yep. like I said, I just I I had my thoughts on the on the uh, on the situation with the rep footy, and and others have different views, and and that's okay. I'm not saying you're wrong, or I'm saying I'm right. It's just the way I look at it, and yeah, it's a fair point. And and the one to, just to clarify too, you can't flip between nations on any given year, but if you do yes, play for a can't. tier two, there's only three tier one nations. That's Australia, mm-hmm. New Zealand, and England. But you can mm-hmm. flip between those nations from a year to year basis if you a year two a uh, tier two nation. So um, so so Jimmy with this with this and this is, we're talking about this issue with this you know this tier system. So if Tonga reached the final of the World Cup this year, mm-hmm. are they still considered a tier two nation? They are. And is that right? just mind-blowing isn't yeah, it yeah yeah um and i heard vossi and brandy talking about it today maybe it's there's a there's a change a particular system that's in play in a rugby league world cup year because you want yes. as many good players involved in the rugby league world cup as that's possible right. mm-hmm. um, unless as you said earlier you put a calendar together that's a rolling calendar that's set in stone for a four-year period between world cups um presuming that there's no pandemics, and you just say, yes. right, here's yes. the calendar. These these games are going to be played, and this is how much footy you'll get. 
exactly. Uh, uh, have your say on that one three hundred oh one eleven seventy zero four five seven seven three six seven three six. Just before we go to the news, a, a special guest coming into the studio. Uh, I'm going to ask you, Cam Smith, just to tell me whether you can pick this voice. Hello. Hello, guys. How are you doing? Oh, hang on. There, go you again. Got me? Yeah, we got there you. There we go. Yeah. Good, to, good to be here, guys. I don't have any headphones on, but um, some say I sound like Richard Mercer. <laughs> 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 Mate, would that, would that be Tim Manor? Oh, yes, Spot it is. On. Timmy Manor. Uh, uh-huh. oh, wait, Timmy, what, yes. are you, what are you doing here, bud? Uh, we just recorded our Spirit of Sport episode. Actually, a former Melbourne Storm junior. Who was uh, that? Kurosame Alba. Oh, Kurosami. Yeah, Ask him a few questions yes. about uh, his premiership at South Sydney. Yeah. Um, and what he's doing now. So, yeah. Hey, you know what? Look at him. I'm just looking at Tim Manor. It looks very nervous. You know how we nah, thought, nah, you know how we, you know how we thought Junior Barlow would be sweating up there? <laughs> <laughs> Timmy. <laughs> Timmy's he is a big sweater, down. Timmy. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, I was more worried about Canberra than I am. Cowboys, to be honest, I don't know why. Ooh. So you think no problem up there, get the cash against think, the cows? I, I think we sometimes struggle with expectation, and with the camera game, I was a bit worried with how they'd handle it. They did, they did well, and coming to this game, I reckon they're going to be confident. All right, there you go. Uh, we're going to get to the thank you, Timmy. Thank All you the best enjoying. for the weekend. Uh, uh, good night, special you, guest performer. There. Don't eel invoice for that, too. Don't worry. So, <laughs> um, uh, we're going to get to the news after that. We're looking at our Dally M team of the year. You can put yours in too on the text line 0457 736 736. It is the captain's run with Cam Smith and Jimmy. Uh, we've got texts and calls, of course. Keep them coming in, uh, and we will get to the Dally M team of the year uh, very shortly. Sometimes you've got to slow everything down a little bit, Cam, if you know what I'm talking about. We've got panel operator Mark here. Have you been aware of his fabulous talents? Oh, no. No, okay. What's, what's, Mark's what's Mark a, doing? Not a whole lot today, but anyway, we've, sl- <laughs> we've, we've slowed it down for him. He's, he's a Scotsman. He said, I don't get this eligibility thing, right? He said, I could, I'm could, i eligible. For, I play for Scotland, and then I could play for Great Britain, and then I could play for my club side. I'm like, yeah, but that's who you are eligible for. <laughs> like some, t- some people are eligible for Queensland and Samoa. Right. Yes. So he's, and Australia. It's happening. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, we'll slow it down for you, Marky. Uh, all good for that. Now. You're going to put your selector's hat on. Uh, okay. It's actually, it's not really a selection. You're not picking a side to play. You're just picking – you're rewarding those players who've had the best seasons. We've got the Dallium Team of the Year, the Dallium Awards next Wednesday. So uh, we're looking forward to that. But in, in the meantime, we're going to get the uh, Cam Smith Team of the Year. So, mate, who's your fullback? Okay. Um, fullback is James Tedesco. Now, there were some – Fantastic fullbacks, like there are every year. But I just thought this this guy was just out and out brilliant once again. I thought his season he started off a little bit slowly, mm. um, but once State of Origin come around, he was just unbelievable. He picked up the Brad Fittler medal. I think he cleaned up yes. at the New South Wales Rugby League Awards night, um, and he, and and from that moment on, he was just enormous for the Roosters. It's it's a big reason. Yeah, you know, his performances and his form in the back end of the year were a big reason why the Roosters. Um, found themselves in that in that final spot. How much of a loss then was Ryan Pappenhausen for the Melbourne Storm? Oh, it, it's a huge a huge loss, yeah. and and he only played I think he played what a dozen games this year. Yeah, if that if that like because he he hurt his he injured his hamstring and he and his knee in one game and he missed six weeks through that. Then he come back two or three games 
into his return, and that's when he smashed his kneecap against the Raiders, um, and then wasn't to be seen again for the rest of the year. So, and and let's not forget his form in the first two months. There was talk of him playing Origin this year. Yes, whether whether it be sort of in that fourteen role, or even some people were suggesting he was going to take the number one jersey mm. in that in that footy side. So that shows what form he was in. So yeah, huge loss for the Storm. Fourteen. Um, was, Fourteen tries in twelve games from Pappenhausen this mm. year, uh, amazing. Yep. Your wingers, oh Tedesco's my fullback as well. Your wingers, okay, uh, wingers. I had now this might be a little bit left field. People might sort of raise their eyebrows at this, but I had Alex Johnston Ooh. on one wing. Thirty tries this year so far. Thirty tries, Jimmy. Yeah, that's almost as many in my entire career. <laughs> uh, so he's he's had a remarkable year. I think it's the second time in his in his career that he scored 30 in a season which I think it's uh, might be might that, be equal with the most or second most I think in that's a, a season. that's a that's a record number of times of scoring 30 tries in a year yes. like no one else yep. has done that no no one else has done it twice in in a, in a career yep. um so Alex Johnson picks up one uh wing spot and the other one was Daniel Tupo Ooh. I thought, yeah, he found some found some great form. Um, some of his his best form of his career, actually, um, for the Roosters, and uh, of course got a, a state of origin um, uh, spot again this year. So I've gone Tupo and Alex Johnston. I've gone Joseph Swalehi and yep. Murray Taulangi. Oh, Murray! He yeah, had, he had an amazing season. In, he in was a, in a team that that's done very well. Uh, your yep. centres, mate. Okay, my centres, well, I had to put Joseph Manu in um, from the Roosters. He was just, it was like he, he started the year and then he played that, that test match against Tonga and he just exploded. Yep. I think he ran for 300 metres playing 5'8 yes. um, in that test match and then he just exploded from there and he just had a licence to roam um, with, the, with the Roosters. He, he, he almost, in tandem with Tedesco, just dragged that football side up into the top eight yep. um, with his effort. So Joseph Manu picks up one centre, and the other centre, Val Holmes. Ooh. Yeah, he, he's, he's back to career best form, Val Holmes, playing playing in the centres for the Cowboys and had a fantastic uh, Origin series as well. And I, and I know Origin, you know, sort of, it doesn't really count as far as like the Dally M's go, but he um, he was a standout. He, he, he would have been close to player of the series for yeah. mine. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, same two centres for me, Manu and, and Holmes. There you uh, go. All right, your halves, mate. Okay, halves. I've gone Cam Munster, six. Well, like, we're blessed for fantastic um, halves in the competition right now, but I've gone I've gone for Cam Munster just for some of his, you know, outstanding performances throughout the year. Um, was a little bit up and down through periods, but I, I just thought this year it was a standout for him. Um, after the troubles he had at, at the end of last year, yep. turned himself around, um, you know, really straightened his life out outside of football. And some of the, as I mentioned, some of the standout performances was as good as any player in the competition this year. So I've gone for Munster at six. Now, this one was really difficult, um, picking the seven jersey, because there are standouts, obviously, um, you know, Ben Hunt, uh, Nathan Cleary, Nico Hines, of course. We've spoken a lot about him. Daly Cherry Evans as well. Um, you know, I thought had a fantastic year, but I've gone for Ben Hunt mm. at seven. I, I, I think, you know, in a struggling side, when I was watching the Dragons play this year, he was just one man that gave his all every week. Every week he was out there 
um, just busting his backside for his football team. And um, I know this is, you know, your Dally M team and my Dally M team, but this man here, he might legitimately win the Dally M medal this year. I saw them play against the Roosters 48-12. They lost after being closer and it would have been 60 nil without Ben Hunt on the field yep. that day. He is amazing. Yep. And, and so he's my halfback and Munster is my 5'8". There were some games that Munster played this year where there was no other player on the field you <laughs> wanted to watch. <laughs> That's right. He, he was amazing. Amazing. Yep. Um, all yep. right. Your two front rowers. Two fronties. Um, I've gone with Fisher Harris and uh, Tarpanay. And two guys that, uh, I, well, particularly the, at the end of the year, they were, they were the two best front rowers in the comp. Um, I've got a little side note, though. Regan Campbell-Gillard, he finished with a flurry. He, yes. He, form-wise, as good as any um, front row in the competition right now. When he carries the football, Jimmy, I don't know if you've seen much of Parramatta lately. He is, he dead set. Sits on the back fence on the kickoffs, yeah, and he charges on the ball like top speed, um, forcing you know people to actually commit themselves and stand in front of him. It's just yeah, he's playing some great football. But I've gone with James Fisher Harris and Joseph Tarpany. Okay, um, I, there was a game. It might have been against the Storm, and he did second phase play for a try assist. Regan Campbell Gillard in yeah. in about round twenty four, I think it was, or round twenty five, whatever it was mm-hmm. that. Uh, which was a new part of his game. I've gone Payne Haas and Joe Tarpany okay. as the my front rowers. Who's your hooker, mate? Um, I've gone for Harry Grant. Mm. I think when, when you look at, and I know his team was knocked out, they were bundled out first week of the finals, but if you, if you compare, and I know stats, I'm not one huge stat person, but looking at the contribution he made to his team this year as far as stats go with try assists, line break assists, um, you know, his running, like his average run and metres, it, 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 he's miles out in front of any other dummy half in the competition. Mm. I've and, got, so I've gone Harry Grant. And how do you measure drawing that marker and putting someone just a half a step right. ahead of the defence, yep. which he does better than anyone in the league, I would yep. think. He's my hooker as well. Second rowers. I've gone for Jeremiah Nanai from yeah. the Cowboys. He's, he's He could be... He could be the best young player in the competition right now. Mm. Like he's, I think, is he nineteen? He's nineteen, just yeah. turned twenty, maybe. Yeah, I think he might be. Yeah, just turned twenty, maybe. Um, you know, and, and can find the ball near the try line and score tries. Like he, he scored. I think he scored like seventeen tries this year. Most of them from kicks. Um, he's just a. And watching him closely through the the Origin period, I was really impressed with his natural ability. Like just some of the things he did on the training paddock that you just look at and you go, that's that has not been coached. Yeah, that's just his raw natural ability. And and like we said, like he's nineteen, twenty years of age, he's only going to get so he's going to get so much better. Yeah. Um. So I've gone Nanai on one edge, and Isaiah Papali'i on the other. Oh uh, yeah, again uh, great back rower again. Yeah. So he picked up. He was the back rower of the year last year. Yep. I think he just he was fantastic again this year for for Parramatta. Big reason why they're still playing in the competition, Jimmy. Yeah, big time. Uh, Jeremiah Nanai is 19 and has scored 17 tries this yep. year. You're exactly right on that. Yep. I've gone Nanai and Sean Lane as my edge. Yes. Uh, who is Cameron Smith's Dallium uh, lock of the year? We will find out after this quick break. That's called a tease, Cam. <laughs> yes, there you go. 
Yeah, welcome back. It is the Captain's Run. It's with Cam Smith and Jimmy filling in for Denon. Just about to get the lock of the uh, Dallium Team of the Year from Cam Smith. Before we do that, Cam, I want to go back. Jeremiah Nanai, talking about him. You were involved with him in the, the Queensland State of Origin side. Can you give us an insight into him as a person? Because you, you talked about there was I, – I don't know whether it was game – I think it was game three where he was ball – like he was just doing, there was a ball from one hand to the other and then a quick offload as he was falling backwards. And I thought to myself, yeah, it needs to work on his confidence, that kid. <laughs> just amazing. Yeah, and, and that's that's what I was talking about, just his natural ability yeah. and, and his confidence in that. So, like, th- there's some skills that he showed on that training paddock during that series that I watched and just thought that, that hasn't been coached. You could just see that that was just him... Um, adapting to the moment and that play that you spoke about like so he, he took it in two hands and I think he, he tried to get to the outside of a defender and he, and he had the ball in his right hand fending with his left and he sort of got through a tackle swapped hands yeah. to the left hand and then flicked one behind his back like it's just I'm looking at this this is a 19 year old kid that's right like you know what I mean and that, that, I, that, I say that with all due respect he's, he's a young man but you know, he's just just starting out his career, but some of the things he's been able to come up with, and that game three, Jimmy, his performance, some of the footwork that he put on the New South Wales Blues defenders, Ooh. and and the soft touch that he has with his hands when he's yeah. passing to his outside man, it's just incredible. But generally, like getting around camp, very quiet. Right. Um, he's a very quiet young man, uh, very respectful. But once once he crosses the line and gets out there, he is he is a beast of a player. Am I right? He signed a one year deal, one year extension at the Cowboys. Yeah, I'm not sure because that was a that was a huge talking point. His yeah. future at the Cowboys yeah. and 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 knowing that he um, he will be hot property. Mm, no for doubt. Every other NRL club in this competition. All right, who's locking the scrum in your Dalian okay. team of the year? Much awaited number thirteen for <laughs> the Dalian team of the year. I'm I'm going to go Isaiah Yo. I think, again, he's just been uh, um, a standout for Penrith. And, and a lot of the things he does, Jimmy, for that Penrith side, just it goes unnoticed. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, never, it's never really part of the highlights reel or, or, yep. or spoken about during commentary when you watch the Penrith games. But the work he does for particularly Jerome Luai yes. and Nathan Cleary and the way he's able to create, like, he creates time for those players to do their thing. With the movements, he gets the ball one off the ruck. He takes on the defensive line. He goes deep into the defensive line. Then he gives the ball out the back. I think he and he gets through a ton of tackles as well. Yes, you know what I mean. And, and plays nearly every nearly every week. He's playing eighty minutes. So I've I've gone Isaiah Yo at thirteen. Yeah, I've dropped him. Uh, Cam Murray. <laughs> <laughs> He's gone. <laughs> yeah, great player, but you're out. Sorry, mate. Uh, Cam Murray uh, gets my vote for lock. Okay, of the yeah, no, nah, he's been great too. All right, we better get ourselves to a break. After that, we are back with more Stick Around. It's the Captain's Run with Cam and Jimmy. Yeah, Cam and Jimmy, we've got the news coming up very shortly. Uh, Then we're going to do a deep dive into the Cowboys up against the Eels. It'll be the Panthers up against the Rabbitohs. Our holy schnitz moment from the week as well. We've got a text message coming in here, Cam, from Jesse down at Albion Park. Uh, Talked about the eligibility and then said... um, are you involved in selections at all, Cam, with the Rugby League World Cup side? No. Jesse, no, I'm, I'm not involved at all um, with uh, the selections. So, no, the big male. And oh, who is the selection panel for the Kangaroos? It, remember, I think Billy and Freddie stepped away. Okay. So it's back to Darren Lockyer, Laurie Daly, and Peter Valandis has a say. With, oh, with Peter Valandis, that's yeah, right. There you yeah. go. 
They yeah, just try and yeah, squeeze some more me. New South Welshmen in. So. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, we're outvoted out two Bloody to one. Those blue baggers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've got the news now. Then we're back with more. Stick around. You're listening to the Captain's Run. It's with Cam and Jimmy. Yeah, welcome to the program. It is actually Jimmy filling in for Denon. He's got a little bit of an upset tummy this morning. So he said, right, that's it. I'm out. I uh, think he's windsurfing as we speak. So anyway, Feeling for you, mate. Feeling for you, Denon. <laughs> uh, you better explain to the listeners where you are, uh, Cam, at the moment. Yeah, no, up in uh, far north Queensland, guys. So um, enjoying the weather right now. Very different to down south um, in, in Sydney, even southeast Queensland. It's, uh, they're copping a hammering of, with the rain there at the moment. Pretty ordinary days. But up here, 30 degrees, Jimmy. Oh. Very muggy outside, but blue skies. Nice little light breeze. It's 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 lovely. You're making me a little bit jealous. Will you get on the golf course today, mate? Ah, uh, no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't fit the sticks in. Ooh, on this trip, unfortunately. So hang on. Anyway, the, the kids' boogie boards. Oh, <laughs> yeah. hang on. Leave them out. <laughs> the I was trying in. to. I was trying to chuck them out <laughs> without anyone noticing, but no, they 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 seen it happening, so they thought, oh no. All the kids' gear went back in, and yeah, the stick stayed at home. All right, you can have your say. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Get us on that text line as well. Zero four five seven seven three six seven three six. The tweets at eleven seventy sen. And remember, if you miss anything via the show, you can catch up with the podcast. Uh, download the sen app today as well. Now we get just before we get into this uh, huge game, the Cowboys hosting the Parramatta Reels. That'll be just before eight o'clock up there. at Townsville uh, tomorrow. Cam, agree with your pick and comments on Isaiah Yo. He's like having an mm. extra seven on the field, but one that is six foot four and one hundred and ten <laughs> kilograms. Textbook ball ball distribution. Eels Muzz. Eels Muzz. There you go. Yeah, no, that's why I picked him. He's just a yeah, so so valuable to have those players in that con- in in your team now, and, and it's the way the thirteen's going now, isn't it, Jimmy? That they're playing that link style. Um, of of football in the middle, just linking with both halves either side. Just te- sometimes teams are going after that sort of look of of a thirteen now, but they just they just don't quite have the skill of say like an Isaiah Yo or a Jake Trebojevic, Cam Murray, those type of players. So certainly needs to fit um, the players around them. I actually um, we had Isaiah in here doing some stuff with the the station, and I've always wondered about that. And I said, mate, how did that come about that role? Because you've sort of pioneered it. And he said, actually, he started as a centre. He he was playing his early really? games in first grade. He was a centre, and he said, then I was an edge. And he said, uh, when Trent Barrett came to the club, yes, he said he'd been at Manly with Jake Trebojevic doing that role. And he said, Jake did it first. He said, Victor Radley was doing a bit of it. And Trent Barrett said, hey, why don't you play this type of role for the team? Which is easy to say, but you've got to have that skill set that's required, which he clearly has. But uh, it's completely changed his game. And now he's one of the premier players in the competition, not just the premier lock forward. So, um, all right, let's have a look at it, mate. The Queensland, uh, North Queensland Cowboys taking on the Parramatta Reels up there at Queensland Country Bank Stadium. No changes to the Cowboys' side. They've had the week off. Uh, there's a little bit of a change to the Eels team. Bryce mm. Cartwright comes in, taking over from Makahesi Makatoa. What can you explain that one to me, Cam? No, I'm I'm not. And and so how long? When was the last game that Bryce Cartwright played? Great question. I'll pl- find out. Did he did he play in the first? I don't think he. I don't think he even played in the first semi-final. No, he may have sat on the bench. The entire game, or, or was 18th man for that match. So, 
he's sort of coming in a little bit cold. He certainly he, um, he didn't play last week, so um, yeah, a bit of a strange one. Maybe maybe Brad Arthur is looking at um, Bryce Cartwright as maybe the the man, the X factor. Mm. He might he he may sit on the bench like deep into the game, and then if it just needs to be broken open, he he's a, he's a guy that just. He's another guy that has that natural ability that's not really being coached. But when he's on, he is such a handful for yeah. defenders yeah. to get a hold of. And just his ball skills. And he's got a kicking game as well. He's got a nice pass. He can run the football. Um, yeah, maybe maybe that's what he's doing. He's just he's like, he's like the little X factor that, that Brad Arthur might just keep. He might just sit him there. for. He might sit there for 60, 65 minutes. And yeah. then... If if it's a tight game getting towards the end, the scores might be level, 10 to go, Bryce Cartwright, way you go, do your thing. Hasn't played since round 23 against the Bulldogs. Yeah, and, and, and that yep. day, he played 18 minutes. There you go. So it might be similar to... Why have the Cowboys been able to turn what was last year an incredibly disappointing season with uh, uh, finishing 15th into now being uh, in the box seat in the prelim, mate? Well, I think it, I think it started with their pre-season, Jimmy. And you know, listening to the players, not only in this last fortnight but across the season, you know, there was a dramatic changes made by Todd Payton yep. um, with their preseason and the way they approached it and their mindset towards their training. Like he put them through uh, a very grueling, um, torturous preseason this year, which I think he felt that they needed to. The one area they really need to address was their mental toughness. Yeah. And if you look across the the year, one of their strengths has been being able to hang in um, in in the tough periods of matches. They've been able to get on their trial line defensively and defend multiple sets of six, as well. Then then be able to turn that opposition away, you know, prevent them from scoring. Then go up the other end and score points themselves. So I think that's that's really been the, the big change in this football side is that they had a huge preseason where they just. He 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 just trained the lights out um, when it come to you know getting through tough periods um, and building mental toughness within the group. Yeah. And you know I think you know if you look at look at their season, um, you know they they got away to a, a bit of a slowish start of, of, at the start of the year, but their defence was fantastic. Um, and and I feel a turning point for them was when. Um, uh, Hamaso Tabuai Fado was injured, and Scott Drinkwater yes. w- was was brought into the side. Um, of course, he didn't start the year in their football team, but he was brought into the side, given the number one jersey, and has not looked back since. And and I think that's that's really has sparked their attack. He's been in great form, Scott Drinkwater, along with I think having an experienced head like Chad Townsend as well. He, he if you look at you know some of the pickups or the buys um, of this season. Chad Townsend has been absolutely fantastic for this for this group. He's a co-captain of the footy side. Um, he's been great. He's been he's been wonderful for Tom Dearden as well, who was um, unwanted by the Broncos, Jimmy. Yeah. Like the Broncos just said, mate, nah, you can you can go elsewhere. We're happy for you to move on. And now and now all of a sudden, he's now guided this this Cowboys side into a prelim final where his old club they just they went missing in the last six weeks and and. You know, missed missed the final series altogether. So there's been a combination of a lot of things. But I think if you look, if they look back to their preseason and having such a strong and intense preseason, it's it's a big reason 
as to why they've done such good things this year and why they're in a prelim at home. It's a really interesting point around Tommy Dearden, isn't it? Because, you know, we've had um, Anthony Seabold here who, of course, had him in the side and recognised he probably he put him in early, but that's because he had to and that, that's who was there yeah. and all that pressure that came. And Andrew McCulloch, who lived with, uh, I think Tommy lived with Andrew. Um, and yes. so we were calling that third origin game, mate, and he was... Well, he was ecstatic for a lot of reasons. Mostly Queensland won, and that was that was that was the biggest reason. But the other reason was obviously his great mates with Benny Hunt and the superb game that he had. But also that Tom Dearden went to that level and and did not miss a beat. No, he didn't. He didn't, Jimmy. And I remember being in that camp when when um, Cam Munster got ill, um, and eventually we found out he had COVID. Um, Tom Dearden. So Tommy Dearden was a part of the, the extended squad for all three matches. Yes. And I remember having a conversation with Billy at the time. And so it was confirmed that, that uh, Cameron Munster had COVID. And so he was ruled out. And he rang me up and said, mate, what are you thinking? These are our options. Like we could have moved Ben Hunt um, and brought someone else into the yep. squad or maybe started Tom Dearden off the bench. And we, we both said, and this was Billy, he said, mate, I love Tommy. I've got every confidence in him. Just to go into the starting side, he's been there all series preparing for it. He knows exactly what our game plan is. He's One of his strengths is being able to organise his part of the field, yep. um, both in defence and attack, and I've got every confidence in him. And I just said to Bill, mate, throw him in. Put him in there, mate. If you've got that belief in him, and I'm, I'm, I'm confident that you know, from what I've seen at training from him, he's, he's ready for um, that role, throw him in there. And as we know now, we, we all know what performance that he that he come up with in yeah. that third origin. It was just fantastic. Yeah. And, and Tommy, I, I heard read a quote from Tommy after that match, and he said all for, through those two pre-camps that you talked about, every time he was talking to Billy Slater, Billy Slater said, I'd throw you in, no problem, mate. I'd have no problem yep. throwing you in, which is just building, building and building the confidence of him. Scotty Drinkwater, you mentioned him. Uh, game five, round five, first game at fullback. Now, I think I'm right in saying, was he number one choice fullback for the Storm in 2020 uh, or in the absence of Billy Slater? They yep. picked up an injury, which meant that perhaps got the opportunity so that he, he was yeah. sort of, it was an only injury that got him out of the Melbourne system where he had to look elsewhere because of the form yep. of Hughes and Pappenhausen. Yeah, that's right. So after the retirement of, of Billy Slater in, in 2018. 18, was it? So leading into the 2019 season, there was there was three players vying for that fullback spot, um, one being Scott Drinkwater. And he he had an outstanding preseason. And so he was in line to take that number one jersey. He was He was sort of first choice for Craig Bellamy. He picked. He tore his pec. Ooh. He tore his pec in like the last preseason game. I think it was one of the trial matches, and then so that that pretty much ruled him out for the entire season. And from there, like he just he had no game uh, game time that year, and and that's when you know I think the Storm said, look, if you have an opportunity to to move elsewhere, you can. Yep. And that's when he ended up deciding to go to the Cowboys, and just been fantastic as I said this year and, and I'm, not, I'm not too sure whether fullback is his preferred b- position mm-hmm. or whether he'd, he'd prefer to be playing in the halves but certainly you know the, the style of, of footy that he plays with you know his lateral movement his speed across the park he's got a great passing game um, you know it it's certainly suits the number one jersey and like I said when he went back there it just I don't know it just seemed like it just sparked their attack mm. and, he, and he adds he adds value that um, it, it's a, like we we're talking about Bryce Cartwright before that he can he can come up with something out of nothing, Scott Drinkwater. Yeah, 
like really nothing can be happening and then all of a sudden he'll he'll do a little one of his goose steps or you know he's got great feet both right and, and left um he can create space and create opportunities out of nowhere and can turn this the game in the cowboys favor in an instant mm. we've talked a lot about the cowboys mate the key mm-hmm. players for the Parramatta Reels. If the Parramatta Reels are to go up there and, and yep. win the game, who plays well for them? Well, it starts up front, doesn't it, with Regan Campbell-Gillard, one of the form front rows of the competition, and Junior Bolo. I think you know, those two guys have been so good for Parramatta, um, so good all, all season, and uh, they've been standouts. Sean Lane, one of your back rowers of, in your Dell M team of the year. Yep. He... he He's playing as good as any back rower has in, in the last two months of the season. Yep. He's been a real go-to man for them um, on that left edge where he's just... Have you been to a Parramatta game live lately? Yeah. I, I, I had to go into their sheds to do some pre-game um, <laughs> uh, interviews or post-game, pre-game, whatever it was. And I don't know if I've shrunk in the last two years since I've played or whether Sean Lane has grown, but he is a giant. Yes. A giant. So I can understand why teams are struggling to bring you down at the moment, but he has just been so good for them on that left edge where, you know, and it's a, it's multiple combinations. He hasn't just got the one combination with Dylan Brown. He's half on that side. Like he runs short balls off Junior Bolo, off uh, Regan Campbell-Gillard. He runs short balls off uh, Clint Gutherson as well. So there's a real mix there for them on that left-hand side where he runs in between, that space in between the half and the back rower. He gets his head through there, and yeah. then he's got a nice right-hand offload to anyone supporting through that, that space that he creates on the outside. Um, I think those three guys in particular, starting in the forward pack, um, very important. But we mentioned off the top of the show, if Parramatta are to progress through and they play that, that style of footy that we've seen them play last week, I think it's, it's, it comes down to Mitch Moses and Dylan Brown and the influence that they have and... and, and the contribution they make with with their attack, mm. um, you know, if if they're quiet and they're a bit standoffish and they don't really impose themselves on the game by getting their hands on the on on the ball early, I think the Cowboys may get a bit of a head start on them. But if they if they get their get their hands on the ball early, start running, start kicking early, and and just get start building momentum for their footy side, they'll put themselves in a really good position to win it. I'm going to put you in the position of Todd Payton, okay, as coach of the Cowboys. What's your instructions to the Cowboys players? So Gus Gould used to talk about when we we played against the Canberra Raiders, he'd say, you know, be in Ricky Stewart's face all day, but with Laurie Daly, don't wake the giant, right? Don't don't, (laughs) Don't stir him up. Yeah, don't upset him. What's what's your advice when you're going at Moses Brown, Gutherson, for example, even Marnie in there as well? Yeah. Well, I I think the man – that would have the target on his, on his back or on his head this week, it has to be Mitch Moses. Right. Yeah, I think you have to go after him, particularly particularly um, in and around you know, the fourth and fifth play when he's looking to put his kicks in. Um, he, he does, he does, if you watch Parramatta closely, he, he does nearly, I'd say, 98% of their kicking. Yeah. There's there's no other player in that team that, that does as much kicking as, as he does. That's probably, probably him and Nathan Cleary. Uh, the the two players in the competition that do you know nearly nearly every kick that that team has, so I'd be going out putting a lot of pressure on him. I'd be taking his time and space away um, to make decisions and to put in you know good kicks because if you give him time, he'll he'll put those kicks. He'll put the ball on a five cent piece. Yeah, he'll put them in position every every time. So that's who I'd be going after. But they've got a big job 
the North Queensland starting forwards, they've got a big job to do against those three guys that I just mentioned. Regan Campbell-Gillard, Junior Bolo and Sean Lane. The full-time siren has just gone. The final scoreline is... Oh. Oh, I think that, I think it'll be pretty high scoring because it's it's going to be a, a fast track. Although it's going to be pretty muggy, I'm going to say oh, I'm going to say twenty six to twenty, Cowboys. Oh, there you go. Yeah, twenty six twenty. All right, Cowboys progress through to the grand final. Who they play against, we'll find out from Cam a little bit later on as well. But up next, we're going to uh, give you the Holy Schnitz moment of the week. Stick around. Holy schnitz. Time now for the sporting highlight of the week. Thanks to schnitz. Home of fresh, golden, handcrafted schnitzels. Ah, uh, yes. It is. Are the schnitz in today? Boy, do we have any idea on that? They're not in. Okay. That's just... Oh, Tommy. Come on, Tom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, Cam, when you do the show, uh, you and Denna do it from up in Queensland, and the schnitz yeah. come in. You know, oh. the, the afternoon oh, so show, good. myself and Coach K, which... <laughs> We're all over. The, we're all over the schnitz, mate. <laughs> we, we Tommy, Tommy, next week, surely grand final show. Confirm for that. Okay. Oh yes. Yeah. Good very, on you, mate. Very nice. Love very my nice. Schnitz. Now, what's Love your me. what's your schnitz sporting moment? Yeah. Holy schnitz! Well, I, you know what? I was sitting back, just relaxing, in far north Queensland, and I've seen the breaking news: Jimmy Roger Federer retiring. Oh. And I sat back and said, "Like I, I didn't yell it; I just went, holy schnitz! <laughs> that's a big, that's that's massive.' Because he's the type of guy that you just thought, well, he's going to go on forever. He's a yes. machine. Yes. Well, and he's forty-one, and I think he came out and said, "Look, you know, after a string of injuries and and back-to-back surgeries." The time just come that it just it hit him and said no that's it and I think the big reason was uh, he said he mentioned something like oh you know I just I just stopped believing that that I could make it back right so well done to Roger Federer twenty Grand Slams for the great man um, but that was my holy schnitz moment yeah fair enough what a what what a great ambassador uh, for the, his sport over the course yep. of two decades or more um, yeah it's been fantastic my holy schnitz moment is this. Three infielders on the left side for Judge, and here's the 3-1. Drill deep to left field. There it goes. Number 60. Slide over, babe. You've got some company. Aaron James Judge has tied George Herman Babe Ruth with 60 home runs. Oh, I, do, you, do you follow your American wow. sports at all or baseball at all? I watch I watch a bit of the baseball. I'm, okay. I'm a Red Sox fan. Mm. Ah. Mate, I'm a Yankees fan, right? So Aaron Judge, he's, that's his 60th home run. He ties now with Babe Ruth, as, as you heard. Roger Maris is the only Yankee that's ever hit more. He hit 61 back in 1961, which was the record wow. that, that was held, uh, stood for so long until that great shootout between Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa. In yes. 1998, but uh, Aaron Judge. Here's the thing that gets me about Aaron Judge, mm. Cam. He's bigger than Nelson Asifa Solomona. Oh, he's bigger than Nelson. Really? Yes. So how tall is he? Six eight. Wow. Yeah. No wonder he's hitting home runs. No, exactly. Exactly. They say it's one of the uh, the hardest things to do in sports. That it's to to hit a yeah. home run because. Yeah. You look at the, um, you know, the numbers. If you're batting point three, which means yes. three out of ten times you're getting to base, 
you're having a superstar season. Yeah, that's a good record. Yeah, L- let alone hitting it over the fence. That, and now that 60 home run, that's that's just in one season. One season. We're talking about this season so far. One season. Now, what was his six eight? Is there is there a standard size bat, or can he have a long one, or does it look like a toothpick? Great question. When he's, when he's holding it. I, that's a very good question. Like, is that legal to have a you know what I mean, a longer bat? Well, there was a lot of some, back in the day. Some with, bats are longer than others. Yes, that's true. <laughs> Didn't don't know where you're going with that, Cam. But anyway, <laughs> tales from the Melbourne Storm. But anyway, uh, uh, we, hey, we've got to get to the news. We'll get an understanding about that with uh, Aaron Judge. You know what the best thing about Aaron Judge is, Cam? What's that? He's coming off contract this oh. year. <laughs> His timing oh. is superb. So oh, well. he's going to get paid a mozza. 42 inches is what Mark from Scotland he loves his baseball, the Scotsman. There you go. Yeah, 42 inches is the standard length of the bat. They are our holy schnitz sporting moments. Thanks to schnitz. Got that winning taste right now. Schnitz, handcrafted schnitzels, made fresh and made just for you. After the news, we're back. We're looking at the Panthers taking on the Rabbitohs. Time now to keep our look at the games of the round. It's the game of the round. We do that thanks to Suncorp. Get award-winning car insurance with Suncorp. It's a huge one. The Panthers against the Rabbitohs. It's a rematch of the grand final last year. It's the prelim final out at Accor Stadium. Kickoff just before 8 o'clock. Talon May out. He's accepted that one-week ban. So Charlie Staines comes in there. Appy Coruscant named to start. Maybe they switch that around with Mitch Kenny, but the interesting one, Cam, is uh, who's still standing for the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Saliva Havili is out. That's a, a loss. Jed Cartwright comes in. Question marks around Alex Johnston. And Jai Arrow as well. They have been named. And Josh Mansell potentially a recall there. What's your thoughts when you start hearing about these busted players going into these huge games, mate? Yeah, it's a, it's a difficult one and, and really unfortunate for those guys because this is, this is what you, you, you spend your, well, you spend, what, four or five months of your pre-season preparing for is to play finals football. You all want to be, every player wants to be a part of the, the games um, this time of year. But um, either way, if, 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 if there's players ruled out late, you know, the team just gets on with business. Once they get out in the field, it'll do, It'll be forgotten about who's not there. It'll just be about who is there. Yep. I think that that's what the mindset will be. Um, a little bit of rain around too. I know it's raining quite heavily down in Sydney today, and it's meant to. Is it staying around, Jimmy, for the next couple of days as well? Yes. So this could be a little bit sort of soggy. Um, um, come seven fifty Saturday at a core stadium out at Homebush. So I don't know if that I don't know if that helps the bunnies um, or it brings Penrith back a little bit um, and sort of you know evens the contest out but we know that South Sydney they love playing that expansive attacking style mm. of football so you know the wet weather may not help them um, it certainly you know we, we spoke off air about this it, it may even enhance the kicking game of, of Nathan Cleary oh. um, and, and we see <laughs> if that can happen yeah. if that's a thing considering you know how well he played and, and his kicking game was just it was just outstanding against Parramatta. He, he got a few turnovers um, of possession when he was putting up those floating bombs, those spiral bombs um, out on top of you know Wunga Blake. But um, this this is going to be a, a a great game of footy. And as you mentioned off the top, that it's it's the replay of the grand final last year. I feel as though this will be 
played as such. I think it'll be played like a grand final. This could be, you know, a grand final the week early. But yep. um, I feel as though for the South Sydney players that played in that grand final last year, they'll just it'll just be sitting in their memory bank. It'll be sitting in the back of their mind. They would have been thinking about it at different stages throughout this season. And now the opportunity has come around just to just to have a little bit of revenge on this Penrith Panthers side. There's no doubt that, you know, and the coaches and, and, and the players can say, oh, no, it's it's no motivation and we're not thinking about it at all. I can I can bet I can bet you my bottom dollar yeah. that it, at some stage during this week and at some stage during the year, they would have thought about that grand final loss and it spurred them on. It got them through tough periods of the year, got them through tough periods of matches. And leading into this game, if I was a Bunnies player, I'd be, I'd be, I would certainly have it in the back of my mind about that result last year. So this is going to be a great game. I, I'm, listen, I'm going to lean. I'm, I'm leaning towards Penrith, just because of they've been the the standout um, team not just this year over the over the past few years. They're the reigning premiers. They're the minor premiers for this season, and it's really hard to knock a good a good footy side. Yeah. It's really hard to doubt them, particularly with the week off. Like they've had another week off. Nathan Cleary is as fresh as he'll ever be. The same with Jerome Luai. Uh, a stack of them didn't travel to Townsville in the last round, so they've only played one game in the space of three weeks. They'll be ready to go. I think they'll hit the ground running. Um but it'll be a tight one. It'll be a really tight game this. All right. Can a lot of people talk about oh that they've only gonna have one game in a month. To, and, and find it as a negative. I find it as a positive. How do you... Yeah. And you would have been there, done that too, Ken. Yeah. Yeah, I, well, from my point of view, I think it's nothing but a positive. Yeah. Given the freshness that they bring into um, this game. And, and it's not like their, their lack of, um, you know, match fitness. Like, a lot of these guys, they've, they've played a lot of football over the past, you know, two and three seasons. And on, on top of you know, the games that they've played in, you know, the premiership rounds, a lot of these guys in this Penrith side, they're playing state of origin football now or representative football. If you look over that rep weekend in the middle of the year, yes, I think they had, they, they had like something like 20 something, yes, 21 players. Yep. All playing rep football. So it's not like their, their lack of football. And the bonus that this footy club has is that a lot of these players have come through from a, from a junior system and they've played a tremendous amount of football games together. Yes. So that they, they've got combinations there ready to go, um, you know. So that that's what sits in favour of of Penrith. But in saying that, if South Sydney turn up and play their best football, they're every chance of knocking Penrith off. Mm. I, I, the reason I'm leaning towards Penrith is just because they've been the standout side over the past three years, and I think they 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 know how to get this game done and dusted. I, I just think they know how to grind out a really um, solid win, a professional win, and get themselves into a grand final. Ivan Cleary and Cameron Terraldo will have plans for Latrell Mitchell, plans for Cody Walker, <laughs> plans for Damian <laughs> Cook, and plans yep. for, for Cam Murray. What are they? Yep. Like, if you're coaching against Latrell, what are you doing? Well, uh, you know, there's a lot of... I guess there's a few specific things that you can think of, but I think number one will be their, their plan around the kicking. And I'm sure Nathan has, has looked at plenty of vision along with the coaches that you just mentioned around the best place to position Latrell mm-hmm. um, when he's coming off his own trial line. So where does he prefer to bring the ball from? Which side of the field does he prefer to run to? Um, all those type of things. Looking at which, which 
um, Army likes to fend with, all those type of things. So I guess it's where he gets to start with the football is where um, where you can look to try and minimise the impact he'll have on the game. But you talk about plans, okay? Your plans for these players. They're all elite players of our competition. So you can go in with the most elaborate plans to shut a player out. But what the great players do is they adapt. Yep. They adapt on the run. They go. They figure out quite quickly what the opposition are trying to do to minimise the impact they have on the game, and they change. So plans can go out the window pretty quickly. They they just got to be really good defensively on those guys. So Damien Cook, for example, if they allow the Rabbitohs forwards to get too much momentum, they start poking their nose through, playing the ball fast, he will give them a lot of grief around yep. the ruck. We know how fast he is around the ruck. Cody Walker, the same thing. If he gets time and space, he, he has such great ability to, to pick the right option more times than not with his pass or his kick or a run. So if he feels space or sees space, he'll, he'll, he'll get the ball to the right person or he'll just take you on himself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so they've got wonderful players in a lot of different positions, particularly the key positions. Um, so really, it's just about the Panthers being on defensively. Um, the entire game when those boys have got their the, the ball in their hands, for for the Rabbitohs, you know, and you hear a lot of people talk about you know like you got to you got to play a little you got to be willing to play a little bit differently and and a little bit of of a different style, play some ad lib foot, football against the Penrith Panthers because Penrith when you look at Penrith, they've got such strong systems mm. both defensively and with the ball that. If you don't ask too many questions, they will handle you so easily. Yeah, and they work together beautifully, particularly in defence. They've got a they've got a great defensive line and a great defensive system that they every player in that side knows their role in that defensive line. So they're really hard to crack. So they've got to come up with some some different things to look at. Some second phase play would be pretty handy, but I think that the, the combination that Walker, Ilias, and um, Latrell Mitchell have built over the, uh, you know the, the back half of this season. They can pull apart the best defensive um, teams in the competition, including Penrith. Yes. What they need, though, all they need is they need a fair share of field position, and they if they if they get fifty fifty split in possession of the football, I think they've got a fair few points in them. All right. The full-time siren has gone, and the final scoreline is to be revealed by Cameron Smith after oh. we retire. <laughs> give me, here's a little bit of thinking time for you. Okay. okay. The full-time okay. scoreline, and you're going to give me your player of the match as well. All that coming up after the break. Stick around. Now, Marky, our Scottish panel operator, has been... Oh, I'll play the Smiths. I'll play the Smiths. So, do you know the Smiths, Cam? I've never heard of them. Mark, where are they from? Are they they from Scotland? No, they're from England. They're like... Manchester. Manchester. Morrissey. Oh, okay. Manchester. Anyway, there you go, mate. Good music. I like it. (laughs) Very good. Hey, we're doing the uh, game of the round thanks to Suncorp Car Insurance, the winner of CanStar's Outstanding Claims Award. Seven years in a row. Mate, the full-time siren has gone. The scoreline is? I'm going to say 1918 Penrith. Wow. And we're going into extra time football. Oh, wow. How good. Yep. 
Well, that's what we sort of want. Yeah, yes. you know, the AFL had it last week with the Swannies and the Collingwood uh, game. Yes. Uh, yep. But anyway, uh, okay, 1918, the Panthers yep. over the South Sydney Rabbitohs in overtime. Mate, I've got to ask you these questions, all right? Okay. I don't yep. get a chance to speak to you much on air, so I'm going to make the most of it, all right? <laughs> okay. Cam Munster, what chance – where's he playing in two years' time? Oh, look, um, the, longer, the longer this thing goes on, the more nervous I get. Um, as a former Melbourne Storm player and a person that would would love to see Cameron Munster play out his playing days at the Storm. Yeah. Um, I, I just feel as though if if he wanted to be at the club and we heard his manager, Brayton Astor, come out and say the Storm are now in the ballpark as far as the offer goes um, from a salary point of view, yep. I think the deal would have been done. That that's that's my gut feeling. Right. And and I'm saying as a as a former Storm player, I I want Cameron Munster to, to stay there. But the longer this goes, and and without having a signature on a contract for the Melbourne Storm, I feel as though that a move might be coming. Do mm. If Craig Bellamy's final year is 2023 at the Melbourne Storm, who's their coach mm. in 2024? Well, I don't know. I'm not sure. I haven't spoken to um, any of the 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 guys and the admin running the club. Um, for a few weeks, but I'm not sure whether they would look for someone um, internally to carry on for what Craig has built there. And you talk about you know some of the assistant coaches there at the moment, Steve Kearney, um, Craig's son, Aaron Bellamy, Mark Bretnell, who is highly yep. touted um, and, and um, you know highly regarded at the Melbourne Storm. Ryan Hinchcliffe, of course, a former Melbourne Storm player, yep. all working there. I don't know whether they'll look from within or whether... When Craig finishes, they just they 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 cut ties right there and then look for a fresh start um, with with someone completely outside of the organisation. I'm not sure which way they're going to go there, Jimmy. So it's hard to say who goes who goes in there next. Can I put this to you? Yes. Billy Slater, in the space of three games, showed himself to be an outstanding <laughs> coach with attention to detail, notwithstanding the great assistance that he got from his <laughs> assistants. Matt yes. Tripp is the chairman and majority owner. Jerry Ryan is a board member there. They are hugely successful, highly influential yes. businessmen. What chance be Slater? Well, I spoke with Billy about this, and, and in and around that origin period, and especially after Queensland won with, with Billy um, in charge as head coach, you know, questions were asked of him taking over as the Storm coach. And I spoke to him about it, and he said, mate, absolutely no chance. Right. So unless he's telling porkies to my face... <laughs> I don't think he'll be the next storm coach. Okay. What about you? What about yourself, mate? You had that little taste no, at, at Origin. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm the same as Billy. I, he and I, we we only really had one coach. I, well, that's a. I, I played my first two games in 2002 when Mark Murray was coaching. Yep. The other 428 that I played was <laughs> under Craig Bellamy, right? So I really only had the one coach. And so Billy and I, throughout our entire career, we watched Craig Bellamy go about his stuff day to day, and it just, we know exactly what it takes to be a successful coach yeah and i think he and i looking at that now we just we we don't have that same desire as craig did as a coach mm. to go and do that because i i think you know billy's a fantastic coach there's, there's so many former players that could go and coach rugby league sides there's no doubt about that but whether they want to put in the time and the effort that someone like a craig bellamy does and and like a trent robinson these guys that get their clubs up and, and are successful every year is another question. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of people with great football knowledge out there, 
but whether they have the ability to to put their time and their efforts completely into coaching that's another that's another story because it's not it's not just a job jimmy yeah. being a, a an nrl coach it is a life yeah. it's a lifestyle and that you've got to be willing to live that lifestyle if you want to be a good coach and help your team be a successful side. Mm, great insight, mate. All right, we get get to a break, then we're going to come back and wrap it up, the captain's run with Cam and Jimmy. Actually, Cam and Jimmy, been an absolute privilege, mate. Thoroughly enjoyed it, Cam. Uh, thank you. Just before we go, mate, here's a random question from listener Dan. Have more cows died in the ocean or eels on the road? So just before you put your tip in for the Cowboys and the Eels, just something to consider. All right. Oh, I'm confused. Oh, mate. Um, all right, so just a reminder, you're going the Cowboys to take on the Panthers in the grand final. Cowboys, Panthers, grand final 2022. All right. Fishing today? Uh, well, let me see. Oh, sun's out, light breeze. Yeah, I might get out on the reef. Ah, fantastic. Got a look. Enjoy that. Good on you, mate. Thank you. <laughs> See you, Jimmy. Phil Pryor coming up next with your afternoons. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.